in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Thursday, January 25th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in soggy Louisville, Kentucky. Cars fans, if you want to advance your career without interrupting it, look no further than UofL's 20-month professional MBA, the program designed for busy working professionals. Combine the experience of a top-rated program with the convenience of evening classes that accommodate your schedule. Connect with industry experts, expand your professional network, and hone your business acumen Get started today and earn your MBA. The first step is visiting business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the earth. You know it's better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here. Rainy Thursday yet again. Kind of a interesting between conversations day. It sort of reminds me of during football season, the Wednesday episodes, where you're reacting on Monday and Tuesday. You're reacting to the game and to the press conferences and to the the early news of the week, and then Thursday and Friday, you're looking ahead to the, the Saturday game, or you're, you know, sometimes with Louisville, you're playing Thursday and Friday night games, and then Wednesday's just kind of right there on an island. It's sort of the same thing here. We had the Tuesday night game against Duke. We talked about it yesterday at length. Now, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about, about Virginia tomorrow and some of the things that come up during Danny Manning's press conference in the morning, because he's doing the, the UofL media, but today, it's just kind of, it, this could be an old-fashioned, just all-over-the-place day. We got NFL to talk about. We got a little college football to talk about. We've got uh, some national stuff to talk about, some basketball recruiting stuff to talk about for the first time in forever, uh, and just uh, some weird stories out there that I want to get Scoot's thoughts on. Speaking of Scoots, Justin Kalen, aka Scooter Dingus, back in the house today on this Thursday. Scoots, how are we? I'm good. I'm uh, surprisingly doing okay. Uh, surprisingly, I I didn't realize it was raining, so you kind of threw me off with that. It, it's kind of looked like it was going to rain all day, but it hasn't. It's and gross. then I looked out the window, and it's dang near pouring. So yeah. just at this point, just assume it's raining. Yeah, and you're probably going to be right because it's been disgusting all week long. Man, that fog today was nuts. Did you have to go out and all that? I did. It, it was bad this morning. My poor my in laws watch come up, uh, come up from Springfield, where my wife's from, on every Thursday and watch our kids during the day. And so they had to get up early and, and drive through. And they were like, it was like driving through a like a snowstorm. Like you, you couldn't see anything. It yeah. was it was just so bizarre. Yeah. And and I've I've driven through fog from their city a couple of times, and it's it's pretty nasty. So. so that's what I'd had to deal with on Tuesday night. My whole entire ride home, it looked like that. 
And then last night when I left, it was clear. I was like, man, this is going to be great. Great drive home. The second I crossed the bridge into Indiana, it looks like a graveyard, like it did this morning. And I was like, what in the heck? How how could it be so clear in Kentucky? And then you get over to Indiana, and it's like, eh. It's an apt metaphor. Uh, The the symbolism is is ripe (laughs) when you cross the bridge. That's the way it's supposed to look. I was – so I I I had some doctor's appointment stuff today. Uh, So I was driving around a little bit this morning, and I was listening to KRC. And you guys, you kept playing the clip from the <laughs> <laughs> the Sweetheart's Day song, yeah. and it's been in my head the entire day. That's, that gonna was our goal. And give me gonna <laughs> praise the Lord. I was telling Troy about that. He loved it. I legit went home and was trying to get some work done in the basement, like sitting on the couch downstairs, and it's like it's like it's every five seconds, like in my head, it's like never gonna try to get me gonna praise the Lord. It was very funny. I enjoyed it. Well, the, maybe you should get some tickets to the sweetheart dinner. I would love to go to the sweetheart dinner. It'd be fantastic. Uh, but like, the, when I I missed the first part of the show, but when I turned it on, they were it was like an impromptu trivia question from Roush, and they got it right, or it was maybe vice versa. Roush got it right, and TJ had posed the question, and you didn't have the sound ready, and <laughs> yeah. they were like flipping out about it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what, what sound are they talking about? And then you played it, and I was like, oh my god, they've been doing this all morning. <laughs> And then you kept doing it, and I was like, "This is great. This is this is wonderful." That was their thing that they should play it every time they get a question right. But they only got two questions right this morning, <laughs> so I think that's why TJ threw out the questions after, so we could get more plays. Yeah, it was it, worth it. It was good radio. Yeah, when you have something, like, it's like when we used to play the Cowboy song all the time. Cowboy. Yeah. It's, just, it's it's just fun to drop. It just makes it makes shows better. It makes them more lively, especially when you know UK like us licking their wounds a little bit after a, a a bad performance earlier this week. That's the only way they're like us, but. They've still got that. We have that in common right now. That's true. Uh, 502-414-1450 is going to be a good text line day. They're all good text line days. We, the text line is always open to you, but especially on days like this where there's not a dominate dominating conversation to be had, uh, we love hearing from you. We love getting off the beaten path a little bit. If you got questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, topic ideas, anything, hit us up at 502-414-1450. And also download that Refreshing Rewards app from Thornton's. Very easy to do. Go in your app on your phone. Search Thornton's, you'll be able to find it in no time, you'll be able to download it in no time, and then you'll be saving money in no time at any one of this area's 56,222 Thornton's locations. Do all that, take advantage of their great deals, and then be sure to text us at 502-414-1450. Outside of the fog and the rain, how was the the Wednesday night, Scoots? Uh, it was good. Didn't do too much last night. I... Survivor? No, Survivor's not on at the time. Oh, I'm it's, sorry. Yeah, it's it's coming back soon though, so I, I can't wait. But no, I, I went home, just played a couple games of MLB The Show, called it a day. I just got excited thinking about you doing the the conch shell call for Gil. <laughs> I had to let him listen to that. It was very funny too. when you when you asked me like what part of the show were we talking about that. First of all, I thought I assumed TJ wanted to play it on the show. <laughs> and second of all, I was like, it is one of the funnier things that's come up on the show recently. <laughs> it is just a hilarious visual of two uh, adult men, one being like. To let the other one know that they're going to start watching Survivor together. It's after very, I played, funny. after I played it for him, he looks at me and he is like, "That's pretty accurate." I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, it's it, it's all good. It's very fun. I enjoy the the Scoots Gill shenanigans. Uh, there, there's nothing really again gigantic happening in the world of Cardinal athletics. We're, we're we do have women's basketball tonight. I'm going to go to the game. Very excited about nice. that. Taking the whole family. Uh, it'll be the first time that Virginia and John have been to a women's game. So. Excited about that. Have they been to a men's game? Uh, Virginia has, I think. John has not. So this will be John's first game, period. Yeah. Now that you say that, I don't know if John's been to a a game of any sort. Like that's big time. We took Virginia to a football game when she was like four months old. I mean, hell, no, she was like one. She's like two months old. I I feel like we were being judged. It was very cold and rainy, but we 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 thankfully had like inside tickets 
due to a, like, a cool friend who's way cooler than us and gets cooler, cooler seats than we do. <laughs> so like we were able to like, rush her in there. But yeah, that was the first time. We, we took her very early to a football game, and she's been to one since then. Well, but, now she doesn't like sports, so. I know. Some are saying it's your fault. She also was in a just ridiculous mood when I left. Just like all-time <laughs> Virginia mood. Just like, I, 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 it's impossible for me to be nice. I can't be nice. I can't like be around people. Like You say I'm the nicest girl and I'm the meanest girl. I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to deal with this. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to be nice. And I'm like, just I'm like, well, if you don't have to be nice, just don't say anything when you go out there and, and interact with your <laughs> your grandparents and your cousin and your brother. You, and she's you- like, I don't know how not to do it. I'm like, oh my God. Did you hit her with the old adage, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all? I absolutely did. Yeah. I was like, look at me right now. I'm not talking. Look at this. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> like, that's how easy it is. She's like, I don't know how to do that. I was like, oh my. She's, she very much, when she's in a mood, just reverts to, I, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. I'm like, she's like, I'm just a little girl. And I'm like, oh my God. She's just. <laughs> I'm just a little girl. If one thing, like she's, she's very, very sweet most of the time, but she definitely has the personality where if one thing sets her off, if one thing goes wrong. It just snowballs, and she cannot control it at all. Where does that come from? Her mom. 100%. That was, that was a quick answer. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> I mean, her mom's not going to disagree with it either. I mean, she's like, her mom, like Mary will be like, she's like, I wasn't like that as a kid. I'm like, well, you're kind of like that now. And she's like, yeah, it's, I think that there's, there's no two, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Like, that's, that's very much a Mary thing. She has qualities uh, of both of us. That one she gets from her mom, but she just cannot, if she gets frustrated, she's just, she's gone. She's lost. And you, you kind of have to ride it out. It's it's a super storm. So I left and I was like, I've got, I've been trying to to calm her down for a half hour, and I got nothing here. Uh, the joys of parenthood, the joys of fatherhood. Good luck, Mary. Yeah, it's yeah. I think the last I saw, she'd gone upstairs with Mary and was like watching the iPad because we couldn't. <laughs> there was no other way to calm her down. Like she got her way. She won. Uh, as we inch closer and closer to this weekend, it, it's it's dawning on me. This is my way to talk NFL because I don't, I don't want to talk about college basketball right now. It's your show. It's dawning on me. Lamar, for the first time maybe in his career, is emerging as this potential hero, mm-hmm. right? Because the, he's been a controversial player, which is ridiculous because the guy's never really done anything controversial. He's never had any off-the-field incidents. He's never really said anything that's been overly, I think, Other than the contract issue. But, I mean, that's not... That wasn't a big deal. It's not like he's insulting America by... Right. You know, or insul- it's, it's like it's a classless move to not have an agent. He's not the first person to do that. It was just kind of... It was different, and it ended up working out very well for him. But this is the first time where I feel like he's been held as a potential hero because the Chiefs very much are the villains here. Like When you look at the national narrative, when you look at the way that people are talking about this, the Chiefs are the team that America does not want to see play in the Super Bowl. And there's also this notion out there that the Chiefs are going to be propped up by the NFL because the NFL wants two weeks of Taylor Swift coverage, and they want these these record ratings. I mean, the Chiefs-Bills game did out, uh, absurd numbers last week. And, and so now you've got conspiracy theories floating around. Have you seen the, like the, the, the graphics going around about you know road teams? Typically, uh, they, they get 40% of, of flags that are in games and, and, and all this stuff. And the official that, who's been selected to be the head official for this, uh, the, this weekend's game in Baltimore is notorious for favoring road teams. Like the if, like the league averages, you know, forty one percent of flags go against uh, home teams on, on an average game, and with this guy, it's like fifty seven percent of flags go Whoa. against the home team, and the win percentage of road teams is like over fifty percent when he's on when he's the official, whereas in the NFL, typically it's like thirty nine percent is the standard ratio. So there's all these conspiracy theories out there. The NFL is trying to rig it. They want the Chiefs in. They want the Kelsey Swift uh, storyline. 
going into the, the Super Bowl. They want Patrick Mahomes to continue to emerge as the the new Tom Brady and all this stuff. And uh, a lot of people are like, save us, Lamar Jackson. You're the only hope for America. We need you. There's a, a great video of Patrick Mahomes' wife who's like screaming and like very shrill. God, she's annoying. Yeah, she's doing this thing where she's like, all of you who thought we were going to lose this game, think again! Like She's like screaming into the phone. And then it cuts to the old, like a, a different version of the Hulk Hogan theme song. It's like, dun, 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 dun. And like Lamar's running out of the tunnel and it's his highlights from the Texans game. Just uh, playing over I'm a Real American. It's a great video. But this is the the, the common thought. I, I feel like the Ravens have become kind of the team that America's rooting for. They, they don't want another Chiefs Super Bowl. They don't want any more of the, the Brittany Mahomes stuff. They're kind of, some of them are, are, are sick of the Taylor Swift coverage. And it feels like the first time that everybody's really firmly behind Lamar Jackson, which is fun. See, I... I think you're incorrect with your assessment of the NFL because I think the script's already out and it's going to be Ravens and 49ers. Why? That's uh, Did you see the thing on CNN Sports this week? No. What was it? So they put CNN Sports. Why are you watching CNN, C- Scoots? I was not watching it. I just saw this clip. But CNN Sports put up basically like Ravens, 49ers. They they were talking about whole, the whole Reba McIntyre. Yeah, Reeve McIntyre doing the anthem, and at the bottom it was like they'll she'll do the anthem for the Ravens and the 49ers Super Bowl. Oh, the script's out. Yeah, so thinking the NFL may have just leaked it. Mm. What's supposed to happen? CNN Sports picked it up. Well, remember that guy who said he had the the leaked script before the playoffs started, and he said it was going to be Browns versus Lions. So that guy <laughs> <laughs> that guy was a little bit wrong. Uh, I, I'm not seeing this anywhere. I, I don't even I didn't even know CNN still did sports. Do you remember when they used to do the headline sports? No. Oh, they, they they used to like back in the day. It was so hard to find sports. This is like before ESPN News, and I knew that like CNN at, at like fifty seven of every hour would have a quick little sports recap of what was going on. So I would, sometimes if I wanted to know what was happening, I'd flip over, and it was great. They had the same like two guys who would do it, and they would always they had a tagline, and the guy would be like Jerome Jerenovich, CNN headline sports, and it was it was great. Uh, and then it just kind of disappeared. And CNN, I don't think, did sports anymore. Yeah, he must have taken it down. I don't see it anywhere either now. I, don't, I think you're just making stuff up. I, you know, I've done that a couple times the past few weeks. I don't know if it's – I mean, I'm getting plenty of sleep. I've had a couple situations in the last month or so where I dream something and then I'll wake up fully believing that it's real. I've done this before. So, for instance, last, this was probably a couple weeks ago, but me and Gil have this huge change jar that we keep in our kitchen, right? Okay. And – I guess I had a dream that he took some money out of it, but not only did he take money out of it, but he basically just dumped the whole thing on the counter <laughs> and didn't put it back in the jar. So I actually had to come home the next day, and because I obviously don't see him in the mornings, and I asked him that night, I was like, did you, did you leave change laying all over the counter? I was like, I remember being pretty annoyed by that. And he was like, no, what are you talking about? And so finally it hit me. It must have been a dream. They, they say you dream about the things going on in your life. It's just a look into how exciting Scoots' life is right now. <laughs> it's like what I was dreaming. I, I shared on the air a few weeks ago. I think you were here when I was talking about how I, I had a dream that we were beating Kentucky in basketball finally. <laughs> yes. And I was like, this is what I have to dream about now. Like, like, like this, is, this is it. I had a terrifying dream the other night, by the way. Uh, I don't need to get into it because nobody cares. But uh, I, I have had that happen before where I've thought something has happened in real life. And then as time has gone on, I've realized, oh, that really just mundane thing was something that I actually dreamed because my life is that mundane. I mean, I've had I've had probably four or five instances of that in the last month or so. Another one with my mom, I had I guess I had a dream. I was talking on the phone with my mom and she dropped like a bomb on me and 
had to call her the next day and ask her about it. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Well, there you go. All right, but it, it it definitely feels like, and I I hate this as a Lions fan, but it's it is what it is. Ravens Chiefs is the bigger game. There's no question about it. I know the Lions. Oh, yeah. The Lions are playing the later game, but that's primarily because it's going to be in San Francisco, uh, so you get the later kickoff. But everyone wants to know who's going to win Ravens Chiefs, and then I I do think that the like the American public to a lesser degree will be behind the Lions because it's a good story. Uh, and, and it's now kind of dawning on me that there is a disaster scenario in place. I, I, I very much have been like, I can't believe that I'm having this good fate with football this year, um, all, all the, the, the whole year. Like Louisville winning 10 games, I know it ended poorly, but still it was a very good season for Jeff Brom. The first, uh, the, the, the first two and a half months provided a lot of fun memories. It was fun to actually do a radio show here where we're talking about fun and exciting things for quite literally the first time since I've started doing the show on this station. So that was a great two and a half months there. I won fantasy football in my big league this year. That was wonderful as well. The Lions looked like a competent football team for like the third time in my life. And now here we are. They've won multiple games in the playoffs for the first time in my entire life. So like, very exciting football season. But I am realizing that there is a, a scenario in place this weekend that could lead me to be back in the hole, like, oh, of course, like sports just breaks your heart, just rips it out. Because there's... That's stinking thinking. You've got, like, th- there are four scenarios this weekend, right? And three of them I can live with. Like, like three of them I-, I-, I can play the optimistic card. Obviously, if the Lions go to the Super Bowl, I don't care about anything else. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I'll be on cloud nine. It'll be just something that I've never even dreamed of. I- I- the next two weeks will be like living in a dream. If they play the Ravens, I hate having to root against Lamar Jackson for the mm-hmm. first time outside of times where he's played against the, the Lions. But at least, you know, I'm there's a definite outcome that I'm going to be happy about. I'll, I'll be crushed if the Lions lose the Super Bowl, but Lamar Jackson, like one of my favorite players of all time, one of the, my, my favorite people of all time, will have silenced all the doubters for good, and I'll be very, very excited for him. I'm very happy for him. Once I've stopped crying, I'll be able to be, look back and be like, cool, Lamar, you're, you're the man. If the Lions beat the Ravens, I'll feel bad for Lamar, but the Lions win the Super Bowl. If the Lions play the Chiefs, there will be a part of me that's like, at least I don't have to feel like any small semblance of like guilt if we win this game. It'll just, Lions against the world. Boom. Great. If the, the, the Ravens end up playing the 49ers, I'll be crushed if the Lions aren't in it, but I'll be like full board Lamar, wearing the Lamar jersey, excited to go. If, it, if we get to this point and it winds up being 49ers-Chiefs, it's going to be... I'll try to be like I enjoyed the ride. It was so great. The Lions have a promising future. Lamar has a promising future. But it's going to be pretty bitter to watch that Super Bowl and be like, I don't. I could give a, a bleep less about either one of these teams. To hell with Brock Purdy. To hell with Brandon Ayuk. To hell with Mahomes. To hell with all these people. I'm just going to watch this. I, I may not even watch the game. That that's the disaster scenario. Because like, like there's a a 75 percent chance that I at least have one cool rooting interest in this game. And the other 25% is just like, oh, it'd be tough. It'd be tough to stomach. And I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. And I think it's, I think it's definitely possible that the Chiefs beat the Ravens and the 49ers beat the Lions. I mean, obviously the 49ers are, are favored to beat the Lions, but I can see this playing out and it will make this a very, very difficult Super Bowl for your boy. Have you seen the conspiracy on the Super Bowl logo? No. So apparently, the conspiracies abound here. There are, yeah. So apparently, I, I, I don't know what the, what the stats are behind it, but apparently the the logo colors for the last two, three, four seasons have been the 
colors of the teams that are in the championship. Oh, really? So this year, the colors, unfortunately for you, are purple and red. Oh, no. Well, and that would be Ravens 49ers, right? Correct. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I, I could live with that. I, I'd be crushed for the Lions, but at least Lamar would be there. But you had Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the Eagles was blue-green. Or, no, red and red and blue-green. And then the Bengals-Rams Super Bowl had orange and yellow. Wow, that's actually pretty. I was gonna say the first one, like who's not red, blue, or green in the NFL? There's like two teams, but having orange in the second one is pretty. That, that, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, so that's weird. Also, have you seen the Detroit Lions fan that got the tattoo? The the one that said 2024 champions. Yeah, I saw that one before the last game. Yeah, yeah, he did that. I guess after their first preseason game. That's not abnormal though. I, I feel like nowadays no? you have no. You, like Kentucky fans do this every year. There's, there's a UK fan that does this like before every single season. He's covered by this point. Where it's like title number nine, 2017 national champions, and he's yeah. He just scratches it out every year. Yeah, they, you, you've seen <laughs> it, or they just keep it. And they're like, it's a fun story to tell. But I, I feel like it's become a thing with sports fans across all big leagues, where you get a, a guy or two who who does it, and then they become a national story if the team goes far and. Even if they fall short, like, eh, you know, I'll just get it covered up or I'll just leave it. It's a fun talking point. But, I, yeah, it's it's become kind of a thing. I think the first the first time I saw it done a lot was was UK fans. They kept doing the whole, like, remember every year for a while there at the beginning they were going to go 40-0? Oh, and yeah. They damn near did it in 2015. They did. But there were a couple of years where before, like the, the 2014 season, which was disastrous until they made their big run in the tournament, that a bunch of fans before the season started had, like, 40-0 and tattoos and 2014 national champs and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it was it, uh, always got you on KSR. Thank you, Wisconsin. Am there, I was, right? <laughs> there, there was a guy. No, you're not kidding. That was the yeah. That was they saved us all from something that would still be tough. Imagine right now if they were doing all of the. Well, I guess that'd be next year. Would they be doing like the 10 year anniversary of 40 and 0? Yeah, it'd be pretty. It'd be pretty tough. I can tell you with certainty that if they had completed that. And they took over Indiana's the last undefeated team. I would not be doing Kentucky roll call. You'd be it would be too much for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was the best I've ever done with an NCAA tournament bracket. By the way, like I was still I was doing the the the, the college basketball gig. I, I, I called UConn last year to win the national title, which was good. It was, nice, it was good. But I it was a crazy year. I didn't have the rest of the bracket done. I don't think I had another Final Four team besides UConn. But the, the year that UK went undefeated, I called the region that Louisville was in kind of being the one that broke apart and had a weird team. It ended up being Michigan State, who was the seventh seed. And then I had Kentucky losing to Wisconsin and Wisconsin losing to Duke. And I do think if, if UK had beaten Wisconsin, they would have beaten Duke. But it was just it was a matchup thing. And I remember I tweeted out that day. I was like, I'm calling my shot here. I have not picked against Kentucky once this entire season. I picked them to beat Louisville. I picked them to beat whoever. I think Wisconsin gets them tonight. And all these UK fans are like, you're a bleeping idiot. You know, you're... you're <laughs> Talk to me again five hours from now when this day, and it was it was a, a good call on my end. I felt very good about it. It was like the one time where I felt very smart because usually, yeah, you know, when I would follow college basketball and cover it for an entire season, you get to the tournament. We would do a, a pool with like my friends and like all their wives would beat me, and they'd be like, I'm just picking teams based on colors, and I'm like, I've watched seventy five thousand hours of college basketball, and I'm like out of this thing in the first round, and that was the one year where I was like, okay, it paid off a little bit. I felt pretty good about I'm it. I'm terrible at brackets every year. I've had a couple good years. I finished in the top 10. My, my claim to fame was always I finished like fifth in the sporting news pool when I was a high school junior. It was the year that um, that uh, the, the Maryland beat Indiana. Oh, okay. In the finals. And I, I like the first prize was like $10,000. Second prize was like 
$2,000, and like I think both the first two got tickets to the Final Four. Third prize was something cool. And then like fourth through 20th was a free pair of binoculars. <laughs> so I got binoculars from the Sporting News. I was like, I came so close. I mean, I got one region entirely correct. I had like, I think I had actually called Indiana or losing to, to Maryland in the, in the national title game. It was like great. It was unbelievable. I'm like, you know, the Sporting News, we have like thousands and thousands and thousands of people competing in this. I finished fifth. I should get something cool. And I got a pair of binoculars. Do you it's, still have them? I, feel like, I think I've told this story before. I think Trevor asked the same thing. They're probably still at my parents' house somewhere. Mm. I don't even. I don't even know if I got them out of the, the box. Did they at least have a cool logo on? No, or they weren't even cool. They were it just was, like black binoculars. Yes, it was like a, they they came in a box. They had, didn't have like sporting news. It wasn't like even like congratulations like a card. You just opened it up. And it was like a, a standard matte black pair of binoculars. <laughs> it was terrible. I felt so used. I was like, if, I was like, ESPN wouldn't have never done this. They give their fifth place winner a lot more. Did you go on strike next year? Not fill out a bracket. I don't know if I've done the sporting news bracket challenge <laughs> since then. To be honest with you, I've done. ESPN, I've done Yahoo, I've done CBS. I won't go back to Sport News. I, I, I won't do it. Uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, we got some recruiting notes to get to. We'll talk a little uh, college football, the big story of the day there, a couple big stories of the day there, and then basketball. Could I interest you in a men's basketball recruiting nugget that is positive for the University of Louisville team? We'll get to that after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. Living on love, buying on time. Say, uh, Scoots Country yeah. Thursday? Yeah. Uh, you know it. Oh, yeah. I used to, when I was a little kid, I would always be saying, I mean, my parents laugh by saying, my baby's a Chippewa. She's a one of a kind. Very problematic when I started saying it at school, though. So, people, got, people got a little bit upset. Almost got canceled as a, uh, as a seven-year-old in first grade for bringing that up there. <laughs> Welcome back in. Mike Rutherford Show, Thursday edition, 1450-961, The Big X. We'll take some text from you guys in a, in a second. I got a couple of sports things to get to. But good. have you seen this story from Kansas City? Um, the, the, guy, the, the, the guy who had friends over to watch the Chiefs game like three Sundays ago. I guess it was the last week of the regular season. It was January 7th. And then the three friends were found dead outside of his house two what? days later. Yeah, you, you haven't seen the story? No. Okay, so very bizarre, bizarre story. It, it, the, the story has changed dramatically over the last, like, 48 hours since it broke initially. The, the The initial story was this guy has three friends over. They're watching the Chiefs game on a Sunday night. And he says, I go to sleep. They're leaving my house. I assume nothing's wrong. I'm like I'm kind of in and out of bed the next day. I'm not hearing people call me. I'm not 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 responding to text messages. On Tuesday, finally, like loved ones of the the three people that were at his house start getting worried because they haven't they haven't come home. They don't know where they are. And one of them has a fiance who sees her fiance's car on this guy's street, breaks into his house. He says he doesn't hear her. He sleeps with like a with like a noise canceling machine or whatever. She can't find him in there. She goes outside. 
she finds uh, him dead in the backyard and then goes uh goes to like he's like on the back porch and then the backyard the two other friends are dead too what they're just there and apparently the guy whose whose house this is where they all were hanging out watching the game he he claims initially he starts telling people that they froze to death that's the first story that comes out he had, oh, he had three friends on. they froze to death that's that's the the initial story and it starts like leaking out publicly like this you know it's, it becomes a national story where guys were over watching a game and then something happens and three of them, after they're supposed to leave this guy's house, freeze to death in his backyard. So, and it was cold in Kansas City, but still very, very strange that something like that would happen. It now comes out, like, he's speaking through his attorney. There's a fifth person at the house, this fourth guy. And the fourth guy confirms that, like, he was still awake when everybody said that they were going to leave his house. Like, everyone was kind of leaving together. The guy claimed that, I saw them leave, and I, then I went and slept on the couch. He's like, that's not what happened at all. We were saying we are going to leave. He never saw us leave. He's like, I left. I don't know what happened after I left, but they were all still awake together when I left the house. And they de- and now the attorney's saying he never told anybody that they froze to death. But it's all very, very strange. He's talking about how, like, I, I misspoke. That wasn't exactly what happened. The fifth friend's telling people that, you know, it was they, they were watching Jeopardy when he left and all this stuff. There's just so many holes in this guy's story. It's also very strange. He had like all these messages on Facebook Messenger, all these messages on his cell phone from people that are trying to find out where these three guys are, and he's just not responding to them. His attorney initially said that he left the house sporadically throughout Monday, and now he's like, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't mean that. I meant that he left his bedroom sporadically. He never actually left the house, and, and he, he didn't hear when the fiancé was breaking in, but he did hear when the police showed up on Tuesday night, and uh, he's, it, it's, it's all... It reeks to me of something having to do with drugs, right? Like, it's the only thing that I can think of that, like, he... Or, the, I mean, did the Chiefs lose? I don't know. If they, did the Chiefs lose that game? Maybe he just maybe they lost and he just flew off the handle. But there's no, there's no like, foul play. There's no bullet holes in these people. There's no stab wounds. I mean, maybe he could have given them, like, some hotshot drugs or something. But it's... it's alcohol alone doesn't explain this. Mm-mm. The... The brother of the of the guy whose house this was has come out and he's talked to to people. He says something was taken because three grown men do not freeze to death at the temperatures that were there at the time with just alcohol involved. Whether or not it was taken knowingly, I wouldn't answer that. There's got to. I mean, it has to have been a drug thing, and this guy just like freaked out. Unless he really is like this is a you know. It's like a Trevor situation where he really does just like sleep through the entire day and just didn't know, did not think that, that anybody was going to come looking for these people and just assume that they were gone. But the whole story is just so, so strange. And the man whose house this was, all he said publicly is that he's anxiously awaiting the results of the autopsy and the toxicology report. So, I mean, and, and like there's pictures of them. All They look like normal dudes. It doesn't look like, you know, like, like terrible drug acts or anything like that. They look like four just normal guys. And... I think they're all late 30s, 38s, and it's uh, it's 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 very very strange, and I'm Man. very excited to get to the bottom of it. I thought you were going to bring up the video of the guy putting the fan by his TV so the Bills kicker missed the kick. And no, you, that's a good one though. You you just took it in a direction I was not expecting at all. A little bit more dark, uh, a, a little bit more macabre, but that's okay. Uh, it's, so there's no finality yet. No finality yet, except the details just like keep changing every time there's a new story about this. The guy very clearly is is hiding something. This has Netflix documentary written oh, yeah. all over it, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'll, I'll listen to a podcast on this, no question. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the, the guy whose house is, is very is very clearly hiding, hiding something because his story is changing dramatically. 
his attorney is like, I, I didn't didn't mean that. I misspoke. I, I didn't mean that. I misspoke. He, he never needs actually a better said attorney. That. Well, I think he sounds like. I think what the guy told his attorney was just like wrought with <laughs> with stuff that was wrong and that made him look bad. And now he's trying to change the story, and the attorney's trying to cover for him. But it's uh, it's it, it's very very strange, and every development is just kind of makes it all weirder. I'm curious to see where it goes. Hmm. I'm very excited to hear the ending of all this. I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, it's been. I I get. I've mentioned this a few times on the show because I'll get them live. I get people magazine emails. I don't know why. I don't know how. Like, it's one of the million things that I got signed up for. How the I'm, hell is Sports Illustrated going away and people still a magazine? Know, you know, kidding yeah. me? But like, well, I think People Magazine is like pretty much, it's mostly online now too, like everything else. But I get like breaking news updates from from People Magazine. I usually get like their big story of the day at five o'clock because it, it became a running joke on the show. I'd always update it because it was always a, something having to do with the royal family. But this is where I see a lot of these stories first. Like, it's like people update, like three guys freeze to death at their friend's house after Chiefs game. I'm like, yeah, I'll click that. Like, I'm a sucker. I, I get mad that I get these email updates, and then I'm, I'm clicking on like at least thirty percent of them every single time. So it's uh, it's it's a wild story. I mean, I just checked it. Sophia Richie's pregnant. I don't even know who Sophia Richie is, but people breaking news updates. Heard the name. She's pregnant. Don't know who it is either, though. Congratulations to her and her husband, Elliot. Yeah. Brain. Everybody's pregnant. Everybody's pregnant. Everybody's is absolutely pregnant. Are you ready for? I mean, that was a dark turn. But are you ready for something <laughs> even more surprising? I don't know if I can handle anything else. Is it is it a uh... Is it that dark? Are we going in a lighter direction? It's a lighter direction, okay. but but it's more surprising. Okay, let's hear. We've got positive U of L men's basketball recruiting news. Ooh, how about that? Every That's, you ain't said those words in two we years. We have not said these words in two years. Now don't get don't get too excited because it's it, it's it's probably going nowhere. But we've been talking for a long time about how Louisville on the floor is a is a total disaster, but off the court it's just as bad. You've got one commit. In the 2024 class, technically still with T.J. Robinson, who did not sign during the early signing period. Louisville's the only power conference team that doesn't have a single signed player from the 2024 class. And on top of that, Louisville hasn't even been, they haven't been getting visits from high-profile recruits. They haven't been appearing on anybody's list in the 2025 class or these few remaining guys in the 2024 class. It's just like there's no buzz whatsoever about Louisville on the recruiting trail until today. Today. Jasper Johnson, the no, the number twelve overall player in the class of twenty twenty five, a six foot four shooting guard, narrowed his final list of schools to ten: Kentucky, Missouri, Kansas, Alabama, North Carolina, Auburn, USC, West Virginia, Baylor, and the Fighting Cardinals of the University of Louisville men's basketball program. How about that? How about that? Have you seen him play? I have. I know his hair looks great. He's a uh... I was I was underwhelmed the one game I got to call for him last season. Well, that's right. But I mean, you called a game for him. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've I think I've actually seen him twice. So the first time I saw him, I was pretty underwhelmed. Second time, I w- it was he showed better flashes of what he's capable of. So it, it got me on the right side. I was really hoping Indiana was in that top ten. They are not. Now he's originally from Branson, Missouri, but plays at the the Link Academy, which is. Uh, it's still in Link is in Branson. Is that right? This is his first year there. Is his first year because he was he's at, originally from Kentucky. He was at Woodford County. That's right. Yeah. He's from Versailles. Mm-hmm. Plays plays now for as a high school junior at Link Academy in Branson. And look, we're in on him. Maybe it's the local ties. I don't know. 
But uh, the fact it it just feels nice to be mentioned in a positive light for the yeah. first time in a long time. Well, so, especially with the schools you named with them. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's it's what you expect with with Kenny Payne. <laughs> it just it has not been what has happened with us. So it feels good to have a positive recruiting note. Um, at least we know that they're doing something now. Maybe this is we recruited this kid two years ago when he was still in, in the state, and he just is keeping us along because of that initial relationship. But we haven't been doing our due diligence lately. I don't know. But at least we're on the list. Now, having said that, he did tell high school top recruits, one of these new recruiting websites, that he's taking official visits to three schools on his list. It's One of them's not Louisville. He's going to North Carolina on February 3rd. He's going to Kentucky a week after that, and then Auburn the week after that. So that kind of gives you maybe a little bit of insight into who's his leader right now or who are his leaders right now in Louisville, not on that list. But it's also kind of understandable. If I'm a kid... In the 2025 class, who's a consensus top 15 player, and you know, I'm looking at Kentucky, I'm looking at North Carolina, and Louisville's on my list. I don't know if Louisville's head coach is going to be there in two months, so maybe I wait that thing out and see who's coming in next and, and what they might say. Well, that's the good thing about him being a junior is he can wait it out and see what happens. True, for sure. Who's the? There's another kid originally from Central Kentucky in that class who was was very good, and I'm I'm blanking on his name because I, I I did see that he had he did have Indiana on his list. Um, Michael Moreno. Who is Michael Moreno? Why do I know that name? It's not. Mm, that, that's not right. That's not right. Malachi but... Moreno. Oh, okay. He plays for for Great Crossing, which has become you know one of the powers in the state. And I did see that he narrowed his list. He's not quite as highly rated as Jasper Johnson, but he's a six foot eleven center, four star kid, number twenty eight in the class according to the twenty four seven sports rankings for the class of twenty twenty five. And he narrowed his list recently to uh, to Iowa, UK, Baylor, Notre Dame, Arkansas, and Indiana. Hey-o. So there you go. I'll take it. He's got to be related to the Michael Moreno kid because he looks a lot like him. Remember Michael Moreno? No. He's a wildcat. Was he? Yeah. No, I definitely don't remember him now. They look very similar. He, uh, I could see it. Went to, e, went to EKU? Okay. I don't know. You might be stretching. I but. might be stretching. <laughs> they, they look very similar. I don't know why Same I mean. last name. Yeah. It's, it, it, I mean, all my, my basketball knowledge mixed up over the years. But – there's some basketball recruiting news. Uh, good for IU, good for UK, good for UofL, uh, at least with one of the players. So there you go. People say we're not positive enough on the show. There's, How about that? There's your jolt of positivity for the day. After, after the darkest moment of the week. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I just want to lay the foundation so we can update that story a little bit later. I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah, same. I want to know what goes on there. I want, I want to know the backstory. I want to know exactly how this thing came to pass. Did you watch any college hoops last night, Scoots? I didn't. No, I was I was pretty checked out by the time I got home. You know, just talking sports this long. I hear you. You know, I, and I hate that. I hate that that's happening to me. But the only thing that this hit with me, because you're doing it now like like seven hours a day, I feel like. Yeah, but the only, literally seven hours a day. The only time that I, I do feel bad about this, because I know that it's such an easy conversation starter with me, but, you know, I mean, I, if when I'm not here doing the radio show, I'm writing about sports particularly Louisville sports I'm doing podcasts I'm doing uh, other shows I'm doing all this stuff and it just you know when you get to the weekend and somebody's you're at a party for like a kid and like you know one of the other dads comes up and is like hey man what's going on with Kenny Payne I'm like I really just don't want I was like I, I just don't want to do this. do you ever have to just flat out tell people that no I, I never do that because I don't know if I've told this but I've, there's this kid that works at the hotel and anytime he sees me he just wants to talk to me about Louisville and just sports in general for like I'll I'll get there to relieve him from his shift, and he'll just stay late and talk to me about sports. 
And so finally I had to tell him, I guess this was two weeks ago. I finally had to hit him with Nolan. I, 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 I talk sports all day, every day, like during the week. I don't really want to talk sports with you right now. He, I kind of made him sad. Kind of regretted telling him. It's kind of mean. Yeah, and it was kind of mean. I mean, I, I regretted it after. I feel like I always try to give the bare minimum where I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, the only time that it does kind of drive me crazy is like, I know my wife doesn't care about a lot of the stuff. <laughs> she listens to the radio show and she, you know, she reads the website. At least she used to read the website. But like, sometimes she'll ask like a very basic question and it's like one that has like, it would take 45 minutes to answer the entire thing. And I'm like, I, I, do you really want me to get into this? I'm like, do you really care that much? She's like, like, why do they have 68 teams in the NCAA tournament? I'm like, are you really asking me this? I'm like, this is such a such a list. Do some a, research. It's such an open ended question that I just I, I don't. I, if you really want to get into it, we can spend an hour talking about this. But if you don't, which I don't think you do, let's just go ahead and move on. Let's why just, do they have 68 teams? No, just stop. Don't, <laughs> we're, we're not going to do that. The other thing that, that's funny about that is. You know, when people ask the questions, when people want to talk about Kenny Payne, they're like, who, who's your list for, for head coach? And I'm kind of like, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. The, the, when people want to talk about like, the Reds, because I don't get to talk about the Reds that much, I will talk for the, about the Reds for like an hour and a half at a party. It's so great, because I, I don't get to talk about them publicly all that much. I'm you know, repping my red shirt today. Look at you. We do it a little bit in the summer, but you know, for the most part, it's just that you have to kind of like, just shelve those feelings a little bit, push them back to the back burner. And I, I enjoy when I get an opportunity to talk like Reds or, or Lions in public, which is, is fun. But last night, look, I gave out. I was glad that the, the, the guy on the text line pressured me. He's like, can you please post your picks on Twitter? Tell me you went crazy. I went three for three. Oh, I my posted gosh. three picks. I said the, uh, the over in the UTSA two-lane game. That was my big bet. Hit easily. I said Moneyline parlay with uh, Iowa State and uh, Nevada. Honestly, you could have parlayed it with them covering the spread because they both won. They both won easily. So, I was, I'm was, i so mad. I meant to place those and completely forgot. And then late night, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm already like rolling in money. I'm like, this is just, this is, this is, you know, icing on the cake. If I get Colorado minus two and a half against Washington on the road, Colorado blows out Washington. I'm checking that, that DraftKings app, just like looking at the money piling up just to, before I go to sleep. It, feel, it felt good last night. Three for three on the big bets. I made two other bets, a kind of second half betting over unders. Hit one, missed the other. Uh, bet more on the one that I hit, which ended up at net like five bucks on those bets. So it was it was a, a very solid night. We'll make some more big X big bets at the end of the night. But I did watch. I was just curious. Alabama Auburn was a great game last night. It kind of the whole light situation was weird. The light situation was wild. I did enjoy the Alabama fans chanting uh, "Bleep AU" as the the lights were coming on. That was I mean, Auburn fans being like, "That's classless." I, I think we both. I said I think Alabama wins this game. I think it's very tight. Would not be shocked if Auburn covered the three and a half. And Auburn hit a three at the buzzer to make it a one-point game, but they ruled it that it didn't, didn't count. count. Yeah, which was it was the, somebody showed the clip of you know the game's over, it's clock's ticking down. Alabama's up by four. Auburn takes a meaningless three, and it goes in, and like half the Alabama arena is like, oh, and they're, they're like they're vi- like viciously waving, like no, 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 no basket, no basket, and they wave off the basket, which again does not matter outside of gambling perspective, but they wave it off, and the place goes nuts, like <laughs> everyone's going going crazy. But Alabama. Had to have that big win. Auburn, as good as they are, still the only team that rates in the top 25 of, uh, of, of, of every big metric that does not have a quadrant one win. They still don't have – their resumes a little bit lacking. Uh, and last night they had a chance to get one because the metrics love Bama. And Bama now has a big-time win to back up that computer love. So they got the job done. That was good. But the game – I've been so curious to about why Arkansas sucks so bad. Real quick, though. Okay. Weird that the crowd reacted like that because Alabama does not have sports gambling. I mean, still. 
we didn't have sports gambling for a long time here, and you still would see stuff like that happen at the end of Louisville games sometimes. Uh, there are ways. There, Uncle, Uncle Bo. There are ways, Scoots. Yeah, there, there, there are ways around it. But I did watch. I, I was curious about Arkansas because they've got good players. It makes no sense for them to be sitting here hovering just above 500, and they were playing Ole Miss on, I think it was ESPN. It was ESPN 2 or ESPN U, one of the ESPNs last night. And I was like, I just want to sit down and watch them for an extended period of time. I, I want to see what's going on. Now, it wasn't entirely fair last night because they didn't have uh, Tremont Mark, the transfer from Houston, who's been their best player this season. But still, they're playing Ole Miss, who's a good team, gaudy record, but not an unbeatable team. I, I would say the the overall talent on the rosters probably favors Arkansas a little bit. And the lack of effort from this Arkansas team, it looks very familiar to, to a Louisville <laughs> fan who's been watching basketball for the last couple of years. And it's like Musk just has no idea who to put out there. And I've seen this criticism from uh, of him from Arkansas fans pretty consistently on social media. They're like, this guy just throws out a different starting lineup every game. He's got Devo Davis in there and just like throws a dart at four guys and puts them in there. This is what happens when you go out there and you you sign like 12 or 13 kids that all kind of have similar skill sets. Most of them are guards. And you're like, I'm sure it will just work itself out. He's got no idea who to play. And, and, and there's no chemistry whatsoever when guys get on the floor. Like he played LL's 24 minutes last night. And like L had no idea how to play in the backcourt with Keon Menafield. Khalif Battle's out there. It's very obvious that like they, they all kind of do the same things well, and they're not sure who to refer to, who should take the lead, and so everybody just kind of sort of just shrinks a little bit, and it's strange to watch. I think because of their offensive unsuredness, they're just not a team that gives a ton of effort on defense. Devo Davis does. I think he got hurt last night. He barely played, but besides that, like they just they don't care on defense at all, which also reminds me a lot of Louisville. It's not a fluke that they're sitting here at 10 and 9 and now in the, the triple digits in Ken Palm. They're not a good team at all. Like, they are atrocious. They lost by 16 last night. They recently had the most lopsided home loss in the Muscleman era when Auburn beat them by, I think, 26 or whatever it was. They've got like the, the lopsided defeats are piling up. Mm-hmm. And they play Kentucky this weekend. And for, you know, I think yesterday or two days ago, I was talking about how you know, UK will get their best shot because they've got talent. The, the, the Bud Walton will be rocking. It's a very tough place to play. I'm not sure it's going to matter. Like, like they just did not care at all last night, and it was it was embarrassing to watch. I mean, Arkansas, say what you will about going out and getting too many transfers and getting pieces that don't fit. The last couple of years under Musselman, they've played hellacious basketball. They've they've always played hard, and they've made these runs in the NCAA tournament. They found a way to make it work, and this year, like, they look like a lost cause. Like, I they're just done. Their all their losses in SEC have been by. North of 20 points. Have they really? On average. Every yeah. single one? Not every one, but on average, they're north of 20 points and their losses. I'm looking at it right now. They lost by 26 last night, 13 to South Carolina, 22 to Florida, 20 or 10 to Georgia, 32 to Auburn, where that was the, the most lopsided home loss. I mean, Oklahoma beat them by, set, by nine early in the year. But then they beat Duke early <laughs> like this year, too. I'm like, does Duke just stink? Who knows? Um, I know teams change and, and things happen and all that stuff, but they've got – they lost to UNC Greensboro. Memphis beat them on, on a neutral floor. They just they don't have a resume. And now they're 1-5 in, in the SEC. It's a very, very strange thing to look up and see that team be that bad. And it's why I, I think the top of the SEC is as good as the top in any conference in college basketball. I thought the middle was going to be super strong, and the middle is not that great. Oh. Like they just Mississippi kinda, State. Kind of ho-hum. Yeah, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Like those teams, are, are, I think, will solidly compete for NCAA tournament spots. 
But I thought Arkansas was going to be good this year. I thought, you know, it looked early on like Missouri was going to be better than they are. And the middle of that league just not quite as good as I thought it was. And that kind of starts with an Arkansas team that you expected to at least be NCAA tournament good. And they, they're just not. Oh, and the bottom's really bad. The bottom's bad. The, the bottom's bad. I mean, the, the bottom of the ACC is bad. The bottom of the SEC is, is maybe close to being as bad. Again, that's like our problem. <laughs> like we're talking about ourselves here. Uh, also, last night Northwestern, we were wrong about this. We thought Illinois. I was would... not wrong. Oh, you took you took the cat. You were wrong. I was wrong. I, th- I thought North- Illinois would go I in there. I said Northwestern would win. You were right. I thought they'd go in there and cover the two and a half. They lost in overtime. Boo Booey, one of the best names, one of the best players in college basketball. He's awesome. Scored twenty nine, made every clutch shot for them down the stretch. That's a big win for them. For a while there, DePaul, with their interim head coach Matt Brady, looked like they may put a little scare into Marquette. They covered. They did cover. Like they, they, that was the best game DePaul played, and I was doing the thing. I was ready to go on a full tear today. If DePaul won their first game against a ranked <laughs> team with an interim head coach, be like, this is why you do it. Like Just salvage the rest of the season. They did only lose by 13 to a, to a good Marquette team at home. So there was that. That was interesting. Uh, Iowa State, Kansas State, did you see the little kerfuffle after the game? No, I didn't. No. Jerome Tang getting into it a little bit with uh, – uh, with T.J. Otzelberger talking about how I, I guess a fan had been giving him some guff and he's he's kind of yelling at Otzelberger and he's pointing at the fan and there's this dude at the scores table behind them an Iowa State employee who's just chomping on a Twizzler like it's a cigar the entire time and just looking up and staring at them as he just like fiddles with this Twizzler in his mouth it's a great video but Tang and Otzelberger I was like alright once you guys fight whoever wins can come here and coach our team <laughs> let's, let's do it right here let's settle this once and for all but uh, it was a pretty resounding victory for Iowa State last night. K-State uh, never really competed in that game. Nevada did, as we uh, told you yesterday, big pick, take down Colorado State pretty handily, 77-64, and then the only other ranked team to play last night, New Mexico State, or New Mexico, I should say, Richard Patino and company, going on the road, hammering San Jose State. The Lobos under Richard, 17-3 and overall, 5-2 and in the Mountain West. People were like, is Richard Patino a candidate? I'm like, no. Look, would you take Richard Patino? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I love Richard to begin with. He has he probably doesn't have the level of success to back up getting a job like Louisville. I mean, if you can't succeed at Minnesota, you probably should not get a job at Louisville. But he's uh he's he's getting the most out of this Lobos team for sure. That there there's a lot of excitement back there. Did you see I know we don't have time to play the clip, but did you see Rick last night holding court after the the St. John's win over Villanova? Oh yeah, sipping his tequila. Sipping his tequila, talking about how you know Peyton, how much Peyton Siva sucked as a freshman, and how you know Russ Smith, he wouldn't even dare touch him as a freshman. But St. John's, they played Villanova at Madison Square Garden last night. I saw somebody post a video of them. You know, it was Patino in the garden with hypnotized playing during the national the, the the introductions, and it just made me so sad to not have that be something that we're a part of anymore. But at St. John's, it's their first regular season sweep of Villanova since 1992-93. Whoa. This is the Rick effect. He's just doing what he's doing out there. He's going to keep doing it. And they did so pretty decisively. Recent Louisville candidate for the Mike Rutherford show, Kyle Neptune, got his ass handed to him a little bit. 70-50 to 50 was the final score. St. John's now, in case you're wondering, 13-7 uh, and seven overall, 5-4 and four right in the heart of the Big East race, which is it's kind of UConn and everybody else right now. But they're, they're in that middle of pack of teams that's really, really good. They did snap a three-game losing streak last night, um, which started when Patino had his COVID absence against uh, against Seton Hall. I do have that clip ready, so we can play it after the break. We can play maybe. it after the break. Yeah. Well, after the break, though, before we do that, we're going to take texts from you guys. 502-414-1450. It's your show. You will take it over in hour number two, which is on the way next, here on 1450 and 961. The Big Guy. Half 
Cherokee and Choctaw My baby, she's Chippewa Oh, she's a one of a can Okay, I can get behind that. Love a little stronger, dig a little deeper. A little, little too slow-paced for me. It's, it's not slow-paced. More so than this one. Well, I mean, yeah, this is an upbeat. I don't know. Now you got me wanting to look up Diamond Rio's song. Uh, oh, One More Day for sure is my favorite. One More Day is a good song. That's that's more recent, though. It's, that's, it's, it was 2001. That's past my time. I'm a 90s country guy. I stopped listening to country in like 95. That's your fault. Well, well actually, you didn't really miss much. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones that were like from back in the day. Got Beautiful Mess. I don't remember. That, that was older, too. I Mar- played that one a couple weeks ago. I believe. I remember that one. I can't remember any other ones. But Meet in the Middle, very good. Oh, yeah. All that. We have not talked about the biggest story, I guess, in the world of college football today, which is Jim Harbaugh officially bouncing for the, the Chargers job, leaving Michigan. Uh, you know, Is it a riding off into the sunset, or is it running away from looming NCAA, pending NCAA sanctions? Who knows? But he's gone. This was very predictable. Uh, but he is leaving Michigan high and dry. I made the the Vince Merrow joke on Twitter again last night, where I was like hearing <laughs> palpable buzz that uh, you know surprise candidate. He's gonna get the job. The amount of people that took it seriously was <laughs> was very shocking. Not just UK fans, because obviously UK fans are like I don't think he's going anywhere. And then uh, th- there were some, I guess, Michigan fans who found it. They're like, you're wrong. It's going to be more. It'll be, I'll be shocked if it's not more. I'm like, dude, I will never stop doing the joke. I'll, I'll never stop. Uh, it was very fun. But then the, there was one guy who straight up, I was like, I can't not respond. Usually I just ignore it. But there, there was one guy who actually like, I could not, I, I, I can't not respond to this guy because he's feeding into it. And he was like, this is very clearly like a ploy to get him some buzz and more money. Michigan's definitely going to hire more by tomorrow, and I was like, I don't think this is something that Vince would do. I don't. I don't think. I can't imagine that Vince would use media to try and get himself more money. That's that just does not sound like him at all. Uh, that was the one that I was like, okay, I got to respond to this guy because <laughs> you're playing into it. It was a Michigan fan. I think it wasn't even a UK guy, but there were a lot of UK fans that were like, no way. I love Vince, but I don't think he's going. I'm like, come on, guys. That's come hilarious. On, come on, get into it. But Jim Harbaugh, he is gone. He has moved on. The uh, the, the the one story I want to get to, and we'll get to the Thorns text on after this, though, is have you seen the the story of the the former LSU football player, uh, Kayshawn Boot, or Butt, Kayshawn Butt? I don't guess so. Arrested on charges related oh, to illegal yeah. online gaming. So the, the, the charges themselves, you know, it's one thing. But I do think that the, the amounts and some of the details in the story, they do give a little bit of an insight into maybe what he was doing with his NIL money. 
because uh, placed he, he's accused of placing nearly 9,000 illegal wagers. Holy moly. Including two bets on at least one LSU football game. He, according to the warrant, during 2022 and 2023, but deposited a total of $132,147.53 into his online gambling account. He won a total of $556,267.58, but used most of that money to make additional bets. He withdrew a total of $50,282 from the account. So he lost seventy two thousand. Yeah, probably. That, that's I think that's the math. Unless he still has that money in his account, I don't know. But like this is you do hear a lot of good stories that come out of NIL. And when I had you know, when I had an initial conversation with Mark Spiegel, who launched the five hundred two um, Circle Collective, he was talking about you know you hear the stories about kids just using this on you know, superfluous stuff and and. and things they don't need and, and those are stories that float out there but you also hear stories like you know we've there are people out there who don't play in high profile sports who immediately take their money and they just they send it home to their family or they need something to wear to the L awards banquet and they use the money the small amount of money they get for a quick little spot to go buy a shirt and tie and, and like you do hear the stories and I do think that for the most part that's what NIL has become but then this is the this is the other side. This is what people were worried about. You, you give this amount of money to a 19, 20-year-old kid, and he's out there, and he's, he's literally gambling half a million dollars over the course of two years, which is outrageous. Now, is it, is it bad that my first question is, did he bet for or against LSU? Because the whole Pete Rose thing just comes to my mind. Like, I can tell you. If he's betting for LSU, that's fine. He made... Six wagers on LSU football, including one game where he bet on himself in a, <laughs> I guess, a, uh, he, he bet on himself to score at least one touchdown in a game and then made another bet that he would have over 82 and a half receiving yards, which is kind of incredible. All of the six wagers that he made on LSU were, were, were for LSU. Okay. Including two on himself. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have an issue with that. I, well, see, now I want to know if he actually hit, hit his bet. Oh, surely he did. Yeah, I mean, if you're putting that kind of money on it, surely he's having a discussion with the quarterback before the game. Hey, I'm about to win two hundred fifty thousand if I uh, get a touchdown and eighty yards. So, can you imagine? I'll, how, I'll give you a chunk. Can you imagine if you had like you put like a hundred thousand dollars on yourself to score a touchdown and you like, <laughs> you ran wide open and the quarterback just missed you? How pissed you'd be! <laughs> so that game, it was a game that Florida State won twenty four to twenty three, uh, but did not have a catch. Oh no, he did. He had two catches for 20 yards and no touchdowns, so he mm. lost both those bets. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, he's look, this is a guy who only had 27 catches during his, his his LSU career. He didn't do a ton. He played in the NFL briefly, it looks like. Um, he's, only, he's in the NFL this season. Yeah, rookie season. Um, did not did – not, uh, How many it. bets do we think he plays this year? God, he had two catches for 19 yards this year as an, as an NFL rookie. But, I mean, if I'm betting on myself – it's because I know the game plan is going to be heavily revolved around me, or I, I see something on film. Like that's, it's tough. I mean, would there be a more fun way to bet than betting on yourself? You'd play hard for sure. Oh yeah, I bet you'd also be super pissed after the game if you like if your team won by seventeen and you only had like three catches for forty yards. You'd be like, I'm still pissed. I lost today. 
Uh, Coach is wondering why he's freaking out. Like he's three catches, forty yards. He's had a good game. <laughs> yeah. What's what's wrong with him? He had some great blocks out there. What's he so pissed <laughs> off about? Uh, all right. That was a interesting story that was out there. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Let's get to you guys now. Texture says, did you see Kelly Kapowski's latest picture on IG? Of course I saw it. Are you kidding me? Mm, I did not. Did you see the 50th birthday picture? I did see that one, yeah. That's, I think that's the one. I'm assuming that's the latest picture on IG that they're talking about. I mean, she looks. She has not lost a step. She still can fire. I'm try, Are you looking it up right now? I am. Yeah. I can tell. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that I haven't missed one. No, it's, it's still the latest one. She's in the towel. The cool thing is, so her... I saw that she also reposted her her husband is like 52. What's her real name? Tiffany Amber Thiessen. That's right. I think it's like Tiff Ann Thiessen is, is her Instagram handle. But her husband took the same picture. He like he like put himself in a towel and like got himself in the same pose. Nobody liked it. it I mean, yeah, it was just like a funny thing. Like her husband's like a very average looking 52-year-old dude. And look, I, I can respect somebody, an average looking dude who's married to a beautiful woman. It's, uh, it's, it's the life I live every day. I would like to mimic some poses as well. It'd be funny. Get some quality, cheap com- comedic likes. Texas Mike, bring Brum home guy is beginning to touch more into his personal life these days. Can you confirm or deny that it's John Ramsey? <laughs> I, so I had to I, I had to remute bring Brum home guy a few months ago when, when he started doing the Mick is the pick stuff. I I, I had to to back. It's back exhausting. Off. It's it's too much. And also, like, and he's not the pick. Mick is. I don't I don't think Mick's going to be. the We pick. should make a Twitter a Twitter uh, page. Mick is not the pick. Well, it's, it's too much effort. Yeah, you're right. When people were like, because a couple of times, I guess because he said very nice things about me at, at various points, people have been like, this is Mike's burner. I'm like, I don't have enough time to respond to every, <laughs> like, I, and I'm also not technologically savvy enough to know how to like work one of these codes or whatever it is to where, because he clearly has done something where whenever I tweet and other people tweet, it just automatically responds yeah. to the, the tweet with Mick as the big, because like I'll, I'll tweet and when he was bring Brom home guy, it would like a millisecond after I hit send, it'd be like you have one notification, and it was a muted response by Bring Brom Home guys saying Bring Brom Home. So, I, and I, don't, I have no idea how to do that. I have no idea how to, to make that happen. But, but I, I did see a couple people sent me his. I got tagged when people were like, "This is Mike Spurner because he was saying nice things about me again. And in his tweet, he said, "I used to be in media. I'm not nearly the legend that John Ramsey is." So, I don't, I don't know. He said he got discovered during a basketball game last year, I think. I think somebody or a football game. Somebody said that they saw him tweeting and they they called him out, but he, they wouldn't give away who his who's his personality is. I did enjoy the old conversations about who the funniest person it would be, and I think it was Mark Ennis said Beth Satterfield when it was Spring Brom Home guy would be the funniest person that it would be. Do you genuinely care who it is? I mean, I, I've like, always, would you be interested? Well, now in that? now that they say they're a former media person, I'm, I am kind of interested, and it's somebody who, I mean says nice things about me, so I do kind of want to know. But I've always just kind of thought it was just some Joe Schmo who I, like, I didn't know. And if they re- revealed the identity, it'd be like, it's, you know, Tim Jenkins. And I'm like, okay, I don't I don't know who that person is. But <laughs> if it's somebody I do know, then I, I am interested. I kind of want to know. I'm curious. But I've got, I, I really and truly don't know. Like, I, I, I did think genuinely that it was Patrick for, for, for a long time. <laughs> and then Patrick showed the phone with a, the, the, uh, the alternate burners that he did have, including uh, – TJ Walker, the card stalker, was a very funny <laughs> account that he had created, but he did not have the Bring Brom Home guy on there. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm not 100% sure it's not Patrick, but I no longer think that it's Patrick. 
Texas, I'm hoping that Scoots randomly drops the Praise the Lord sound clip on Rutherford. It was hilarious on KRC. <laughs> it was very, it was, I, I'm telling you, it was, it was great work. It was stuck in my head the rest of the day. Devil gonna come and get me, gonna praise the Lord. Hit it right now. Uh, hang on, I gotta oh, get it pulled up. I, I was expecting you to do it right there. I'm not a good producer today. You should have played it after we had the positive recruiting news. Oh, that would have been really good, yeah. I'm, yep, not on it today. Texter says, is there any outdoor activity that you prefer to do when it's raining? That's a good question. No. Yeah, I can't think of anything either. We know you don't like driving in the rain. Maybe, I don't know, Well, if it's like in the middle of the summer and it's raining, washing your car in the rain is a lot of fun. Why would you wash your car in the rain? Because you don't have to use water. Just break the soap out, scrub the car, rain will wash it away. Well, the rain's washing it away anyway. Well, I mean, you, it doesn't get all the grimy stuff off. Gets it off off. Our car's looking good. It's been raining a lot recently. I mean, I used to like, I, I used to be a big, like, playing puddles kid when I was growing up. Okay. That was fun. Like, you, you, we, we had, like, like I was about the other day, our yard when I was growing up was even more of a, like, down slope. So you would have, like, kind of like a little pool at the end of your driveway and the end of your yard close to the road. And if it rained enough, it'd be a nice little one. Just, that's about it, though. Rain's not fun. There's nothing fun to do in rain. Do you have the clip? Yeah. Play it right now. Hang on. I got it. When the devil comes trying to get me, gonna praise the Lord. Enjoy so singing it the rest of the night. It's so good. I mean, it's. I, I did love it. You know all the songs, though. Like, when oh, that commercial yeah. comes on, you're belting it out oh, yeah. and, and behind the, the, the door over there. It's great. Texas rumors uh, about Michigan maybe considering Stoops. Would you rather have Stoops stick around so we can beat him before he leaves Kentucky, or would you feel more confident about taking over the football side of the rivalry if he left? First of all, there's no. Haven't they already like a name Teron Moore? I don't know if they've named him officially, but he. I mean, he's getting all the buzz, so that's who it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, every single person that covers NFL and college football said the same thing last night, where they're like, "It's Teron Moore is expected to be named the next head coach." Uh, former U of L assistant, by the way. Congrats to him. But I, I. Let's just entertain the the theoretical question because I guess it came up for like an hour and a half when Stoops was taking the 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 Texas A&M job, and my emotions were kind of like I just didn't really care. Like it's it's not like Calipari where he's kicking your ass and you're like I don't know if we can ever beat this guy. Like this guy's just like he's he's you know top of college basketball. We can't beat him even when it seems like we've got better teams than him. With Stoops, I mean we. Louisville kind of had their way with him before the five-year run now, and it's obnoxious, it's annoying, but I don't get the sense, and maybe I'm wrong. Like Maybe UK is just going to keep rolling, and it's long, like Mark Stoops is never going to lose to Louisville again, even if he stays here for 10 more years. But I do feel like eventually we're going to get back on top of the rivalry. We're going to start winning that game. This year. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I'm telling you. I would love to see it ha- start happening this year. I thought it was going to happen last year, and it didn't. But... It's not like I, I don't know, like I, I don't have this fear of Mark Stoops because I see him lose to like everybody else in, in kind of hilarious fashion sometimes. So if he left, yeah, it's like maybe we can get somebody in here that's going to be worse than Stoops because Stoops has been the best UK coach of my lifetime. There's no question about it. But if he stays, it's not like I'm terrified of Mark Stoops just never losing to Louisville again. It may happen, but it's not, I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm kind of just, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever. Texas Mike, this is the Zampan guy. Hey, Zampan guy. You could see Zan oozing with confidence, as I said. He looked like a new player. The tipping against UNC was just what the doctor ordered. 
Saturday is going to make an even bigger impact. Zan is the Swiss Army knife needed to attack the Tony Bennett pack line defense. He can stretch the defense. He can make the skip pass off the hard hedge. There it is. That Zan. Look, I, I noticed that Zan Payne guy didn't say anything about the the performance against Duke. He said he matched yeah, up well. With, he said he matched up well with Filipowski, but he didn't make any sort of bold proclamation like he's doing right now. I'm expecting an even better game for Zan against Virginia than he had against uh, than he had against Duke. Virginia, by the way, escaping with a victory last night against uh, against NC State. They were up. Um, they were pretty sizably for most of the of the the first half. Kind of fell apart late in the second half and allowed NC State to force overtime, and then they prevailed in overtime. It was a big win for Virginia. Those are two teams. I mean, everybody besides Duke and UNC, I feel like, are on the is on the bubble in the ACC, at least in the middle of the conference. And those two teams are very firmly on the bubble. So Virginia will come into this game Saturday against Louisville, which we'll talk more about tomorrow. Now riding a three-game winning streak. They've been a terrible team away from home, but they did beat Georgia Tech by nine last weekend on the road. Who isn't beating Georgia Tech? Well, Georgia Tech's bad. But you know who else is bad? We are. So uh, we'll see how much people talk about all the improvement Louisville's made. They looked horrible against Virginia the first go-round and lost by 23. If they have made some improvement, they should be more competitive in this game. And it's not a it's not a great Virginia team. We talk about the rest of the ACC. It's one of the it's one of the most disappointing aspects of Louisville being in the position it is. Is the ACC is the worst it's been since we've been in this conference, and we're like the worst or second worst team in the league. So we we're not just not taking advantage. We're the we're part of the reason why it's the worst it's ever been. It would nice to it'd be nice to have a, a competent team. Like I feel like all of Rick Pitino's first four teams in the ACC would have finished in the top two in this conference. 2014-15, the team that went to the Elite Eight, I think finished fourth in that ACC, they may have won this league. Twenty The 2016 team that had the tournament taken away, they were a top 10 team in the metrics. They could have easily won this conference. 2017, they were a two seed, could have easily won this conference. Hell, the David Padgett team, they make the NCAA tournament if they play in this ACC. <laughs> and, and I don't think it's really that close. Texas, I'm also hoping for Ravens-Lions because there's no way the Lions win that. Sorry, Mike. Wow, I, the the Ravens did just kick the absolute crap out of us when we played the regular season. That was the best Lamar look. That was that was one where it was like, I mean, imagine my feelings in that game amplified by like seventeen. And if it's the Super Bowl, but I'm watching it and I'm like, you know, if if we have to get lit up by somebody, at least it's Lamar. Lamar was just putting the ball wherever he wanted to that whole game, and there was nothing. Like our secondary is is not good. It's it's one of the reasons why I think. Like there's a chance they could beat San Francisco, but I don't think that they could beat either Kansas City or or Baltimore because you can hide the secondary a little bit against Brock Purdy. If you get the right type of pressure on him, he may screw up and we're really good against the run, which means, you know, Christian McCaffrey in theory shouldn't just go off, and even if Debo Samuel does play, like he shouldn't just go off and we're going to force Brock Purdy to beat us and maybe he's not good enough to beat us. But if you force Lamar or Patrick Mahomes to beat you, like he they're, they're they're going to beat you, and our secondary is not good enough to contain their receivers at all. But cross that bridge when we get there. Texas, Scoots imagining things recently is just another sign that he's turning into your former co-host. It is, the similarities are piling up. Yeah, we, we are similar. Texas, late text about people not sounding like what you expect, but Mike, did you know that John Mahoney was British? Also, I know you all are golf fans with Scoots being devout. Are you? Oh, but, yeah. But don't know if you've listened to No Laying Up podcast. I have watched No Laying Up. Or watched Tour of Sauce on YouTube. But Dan sounds just like Randy from that group. I'm going to tell him that. Viva la TK. Maybe Jeff Brom spending so much time picking out the best uniform combos. Uh, rubbed off on KP. And that's why they pick matching suits now. Maybe. 
Do you ever listen to No Laying Up? No, I'm not a big. I don't do a whole lot of podcasts. It's good. It's it's. it's I, I think people people hate on those guys. They, they hate on the. Um, there's some guys that I don't like that do the golf podcast, but no laying up every now and then is, is pretty entertaining. By the way, Nick Dunlap joining the PGA. How about that? Oh, is he officially? Yep. He's, he's going to do it. I did not see that. Which, did you know since he's an amateur, he didn't get the money from that tournament? He would have got 1.5 yeah. mil. And it went to the guy who finished second. Exactly. I saw, yeah, I, I did hear that. After. How happy are you, the guy who finished second? Heck I, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I didn't get the trophy, but I got that 1.5 mil. It does. The thing now, and, and the reason why I think he sort of, his hand was forced, is winning that PJ. Like you have exemptions into everything now, and if you just make the cut in any of these tournaments, you're winning, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So he'd be, you'd be foolish, even if you feel like you're maybe not quite ready. Like take your lumps on the PGA Tour. You don't have to. You don't have to worry about getting your car. Like you're good. You've won a PGA event. Like you're good to go for a while now. You've already automatically qualified for all four majors. Mm-hmm. If you just make the cut in any of these tournaments, like you're, you're, you're making millions of dollars this year. When he gets the players too. Yeah, you're in the players. You'll you'll be in, he's he's set. I don't think he had any choice but to turn pro. So Heath Tagala, by the way, our pick for this week in the Farmers Insurance three under today. Nice. Still in just tied for fifty first. Ah, huh. you just needed to make the cut, and there's always a chance. Well, we we need to make sure we get points in, in this first round. We we got to we we have two groups of friends that we have a bunch of friends that are in the same league, and when one of the groups picks the same golfer as us, every time it's we suck. So when we like revealed our pick, they revealed their pick second. I was like, here we go. Like this is this is gonna suck. The projected cut line for this tournament is minus three. So I'm gonna need Sahith to sink a couple birdies here to to make sure. Thomas Detry is leading the tournament. Wow. At minus nine. Our second pick, oh my god, this always happens. Tony Finau, my alternate pick, is second at eight under par. How's Eric Cole doing? Eric Cole's doing terribly. <laughs> he was a he was a good pass. Plus three, he is not going to make the cut. Tried telling you. Well, I mean, we ended up going with that. Um, Finau was my second choice. Second choice was as well. God, nobody did it. Surely nobody picked Detry. I can't imagine. No. I've not looked at the entire group. I'm imagining that, yeah. Texas is only 20 minutes into the show. Scoots out here misremembering stuff, creating his own Mandela effect, and telling us his mom about his mom farting on him, dropping bombs on him. The metamorphosis to Scoots has begun. <laughs> uh, not what I said, but okay. I don't, yeah, I don't remember you saying that. that. That part of the story, I don't remember Texas, what if Ursula the Sea Witch steals your voice and you must replace it forever with one of the following voices? Pat Mahomes, Mickey Mouse, or Scoots? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you choose? You do kind of sound a little bit like Mahomes. Whoa. You guys no. Have, you guys have, there's a similar little twang and like you got, when you get, yeah, but he's, when you get talking fast a little bit. No, he sounds like a baby. Hey, uh, we played great out there today. He's got that. High pitch in his voice. I don't sound like Mahomes. You kidding I w- me? I wish I could play the clip right now. Have you seen the video where people compare him to um, uh, Kenny Powers? Uh uh-uh. uh It's so good. He like after uh, after the one of the Super Bowl a couple years ago, he went on like the Fallon Tonight Show, one of the one of the late night shows, and he was talking about like yeah, back at the hotel we had like the guy the guy from Matchbox Twenty came in there. We had this guy. We had this guy, and they play the clip from Kenny Powers, which was. <laughs> Where he's talking about all the people they had at the hotel after they won when he was playing his playing days and all this stuff. And they sound exactly alike. Unfortunately, there's a lot of profanity in the Kenny Powers one. But I'm going to have to send it to you during the break because it's it's one of the best videos out there. To answer the question, though, Mickey Mouse is obviously la- – I'll take Scoots' voice. Come on. Scoots will be – well, no, I mean, don't, don't make me rethink this. <laughs> I'll take Scoots slightly over Mahomes. Mickey Mouse is obviously third. But you do Mickey Mouse the best. Oh, ho, 
<laughs> Ever since I got, I got strep throat last month. I don't know if it, like when you, I, had, I think I had missed one day of the show. And ever since then, I can't hit the high note as well. Like it hasn't come all the way back. It's, oh. it's getting closer, but I can't do the, I can't do the Mickey as well. G- give your, oh. give it a rest. You got to let the voice rest, and it'll fully come back. Okay. <laughs> give me a C. See, I can't. Every now and then, it just comes up. Texas says, uh, "I'm actually hearing that Michigan is trying to do a marrow pain and PV trifecta. Are you hearing the same, Mike? Lots of people out there talking. Lots of noise surrounding that. I'm not guaranteeing it." But there is some talk out there. I would love it if Michigan just hired Scott Satterfield. <laughs> Texas has some college basketball bet talk. North Florida is second in the country in three-point field goals made per game and three-point attempts per game, whereas Bellarmine ranks 323rd and 324th defensively in three-point field goals allowed and attempted per game. I'm taking North Florida's point total over 71.5. Also, if you like live betting, College of Charleston plays Hampton tonight. Hampton ranks dead last in opponent second-half points allowed. Charleston ranks third for three-point allows per game and 11th for field goal attempts per game. That's all good stuff. I'm taking Bellarmine money line tonight. Mm. I think they get it done tonight. Is Spears calling the game? He is. I'm not taking, and he, I didn't I'm get, not taking Bellarmine money line. I didn't get any insight or anything. I'm just, I'm just feeling good about the Knights today. I'm not. I mean, it's Spears. He's ruined the, he's ruined the whole team. <laughs> they are playing at home. North Florida is not. A very good team, but North Florida has won four straight games. North Florida was my first job in college sports. Were they really? Or in sports in general, yeah. Go yeah. Ospreys. I worked for ASUN.TV, and I was, I'd was i call games for North Florida. Started as a camera operator, then transitioned into calling games. I yeah, dislike I, I dislike North Florida for one reason. All it takes is a minimal impact for me to hold a grudge for life. They came here and they played Louisville in like 2010, 2011, and they had... Like ten of the biggest bros I've ever seen were behind their bench, just like going nuts the entire game and like just like arguing about every call, and they were annoying. And from that point forward, I was like, I can't share for North Florida. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've transitioned to more of a Jacksonville guy in my older years. I, I do enjoy the Dolphins. Uh, they had North Florida had a really really good player a few years ago named Dallas Moore. They did. Yeah, yeah he, he was lit awesome. it up. He, he was awesome. He would shoot from the logo, mm-hmm. little lefty. He, he was he was very very fun to watch. They had yep. some good teams. They still kind of implement that same style. They will play up, up and down. They'll take a bunch of threes. They got to the tournament when they had Dallas, right? They did. They, yeah. they they went one time. I don't know if they made the the actual field of sixty four. I think they may have been like a playing game, a, a first four team. I can't remember exactly, uh, but they definitely they won the A Sun tournament at some point. Um, yeah, they appeared in twenty fifteen. Who did they play? They lost in the first four to Robert Morris. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Go Bobby Mo. Wait. Oh, that Robert Morris beat Kentucky in the NIT. NIT, yeah. Okay. yeah. Robert Morris did not. I wish they'd been a 16 over a 1 in the NCAA tournament against Kentucky True, yeah. in 2015. That would have been a lot more fun. <laughs> but the 2013 NIT. Oh, was, you had Virginia. It was good, too. They have been in the NIT one time. They lost in the first round of Florida by 30. Jeez. Yeah. A lot of appearances in the... the, the CBI. Uh, yeah. A couple times there. Two conference championships. Matthew Driscoll's been the coach for a while. He's still their coach? He's still there. Jeez. Still rocking and rolling. Still playing that up-tempo style. We'll see how that goes tonight. Good betting tips there. Maybe they'll make the Big X Big Bets next hour. You'll have to stay tuned. you have to stay tuned also for more text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We'll keep uh, talking to you after the break here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
sister cries out from her baby bed. Brother runs in, feathers on his head. Mama's in her room, learning how to sew. Daddy's drinking beer, listening to the radio. Hank Williams sings, Kalaja, and dear John. I kind of forgot about this song. And time marches on. It's great. Time marches on. Is there a dad in a 90s country song that isn't just a drunk or, <laughs> or drinking? Every single reference to a father figure is like he's got a cold beer and he's listening to the, or it's like he's drinking and driving. Every dad in a 90s country song was just constantly <laughs> drinking alcohol and only beer or whiskey, I guess. Whiskey. Yeah, whiskey too. Whiskey as well. For sure. We got U of L women's basketball tonight. The cards taken on Boston College at 7 o'clock inside the KFC Yum Center. Louisville ranked number 18 in the latest AP Top 25 poll. The cards 5 and 1 in the ACC will host a Boston College team. That is three and four in the ACC. It's the first of three straight home games and four of the next five games that will be at home for the Cards. Uh, if you can listen to all the action on our sister station, 970 WGTK, the coverage will kick off there at about 6 o'clock. Uh, very excited for the Cards. If you want to watch it on TV, it'll be on ACC Network Extra, so the Watch ESPN. Oh, the, the play-by-play was Jeff Greer, but it's spelled G-R-I-E-R. I'm hoping that that's actually, I'm, I'm really hoping that that's actually Greer and his, he's, it's, it's spelled incorrectly. I'm going to text him and see if he's doing this game. I don't think he is, but it would be, be fantastic if they just screwed his name up. Jessica McDaniel is on the uh, the call as well. We've got um, – Scoots, I tried to get you to go to speed dating at the quarry uh-huh. back in the fall. Correct. You wouldn't do it. No. Too creepy. There's a speed – it's been brought to my attention. Uh-oh. There's a Valentine's speed dating event Oh, that's – Gonna go on at rail yard, rail, rail yards, billiard, and sports bar. What used to be Diamonds in St. Matthews, right by my house. Okay, it's thirty and up. Nice. It's twenty five dollars. Okay. Each participant gets a drink ticket for one free drink at the bar. Come on. And multiple five minute dates. How many is multiple? Multiple. That's all you need to know. The picture that they have on the flyer, there appear to be a lot of people there. Well, flyers can be deceiving. Saturday, February 17th, 5 to 7 p.m. There's, there's Why are a, they calling it a Valentine's Day? Well, it's Valentine's it's Day. It's not on Valentine's it's Day. Valentine's Week. That turn that completely turns me off. That makes me not want to go because that is my least favorite holiday. I freaking hate Valentine's Day. I just sort of agree if you're going to do it on Valentine's Day and it's for single people, why not do it on the actual day? So they have something to do, right? Yeah, but then how I don't know. It's you got to live up to a lot moving forward if it works out, right? They promise, they don't just say that it's possible, they promise a memorable night filled with laughter, romance, and who knows, maybe even a little bit of magic. Hmm. So mark your calendars and get ready to make some sparks fly. Those are those those are their words, not mine. So speaking of blind dates, I was I told you how I was watching Love on the Spectrum the other night. Yes. There was one guy on there. He was going on blind dates. He this guy had never been on a date, so he he goes to this blind date thing, right? And they got these cards in front of him to check yes or no. So the first girl comes, he checks no as she's sitting in front of him as they're still on their five minutes. Next girl comes up, and he asks her if she likes nature, and she says, "No, I consider myself more of a city gal. I like the hustle and bustle of the city." And he checks no right in front of her and writes in the comments, not big into nature. And so she gets up and leaves and the producer leans in and he goes, are you checking yes or no as the date's still going on? 
And he just looks at him. He was like, I knew I'd mess that up. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, that, that was very funny. <laughs> There's also, I, I didn't know they did this. Now I'm, I'm looking at the website where this exists. There's speed friending. Okay. Galentine's Day edition. So people do the Galentine's, uh, the, the Galentine's Day. You can, I guess, if you're looking for friends, you can go to High Wire Brewing on Baxter Avenue, Tuesday, February 13th, and there's a speed friend if you just want to make some friends. Actually, one of my best friends, his wife, her best friend, they met on a like a friend app. There you go. I never knew that was a thing until a couple a years ago. Yeah. I'm all for it. Well done. You could make the plot of uh, I Love You, Man, nowadays, because there's all sorts of different avenues to find friends. That's true. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sacks line. Let's take some more text this, uh, this, this half hour. As we inch closer and closer to the 5 o'clock hour. And Woo-hoo. inch closer and closer to the weekend. For Scoots, this is, uh, this is the last show. My last the, long day. The last long day, uh, at least this week. We've got Rashawn Myers coming in tomorrow. That'll be fun. That's always a good time. Always a good time. Excited to talk with Rashawn. Always am. And uh, we'll wrap the week up in the right way. I'm gonna, I can't wait till Rashawn just wants to talk about basketball the entire time. And I'm like, so, I'm like, so these Lions. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on these lines, Rashawn. Rashawn, this is the Mike Rutherford show. He's gonna be we like, talk what I want. He's like, it kind of reminds me of Kenny Payne a little bit. No, 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 no. It reminds you of Dan Campbell a little bit, doesn't it? That's what we're going to talk about on Friday. Texas, hey, Mike, I'm not sure if I'll be able to listen to the whole show. So can you go ahead and give us your NCAA locks for the night? I need to get this mortgage paid off. Nice call last night. Those four picks in a parlay would have been a nice hit. I thought you say nice call, and then you're like, you should have parlayed it. Like, that's, that's on you. Come on. I'm giving you the picks. You choose how to bet them. you got to bet them effectively. Uh, I don't have the picture yet. We'll have them by the 5 o'clock hour. We'll get it going. Uh, we need to do our coaching candidate of the day, too. We do. Let's see. <laughs> I always go to the list to make sure that we're we're doing this correctly. Who was it yesterday? Matt McMahon? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's do Scooch, you get to pick, since you're out for the rest of the week, which is one day. Love it. Any number, we'll broaden it up, any number 1 through 150. Ooh. Let's do one. One? Yeah, let's see what one's about. I mean, one is one that uh, I know one listener especially is going to be excited about. Oh, not Mick Cronin. No. Okay. What, what metric do you think UCLA is <laughs> ranked number one in there? Man? Good point. There's a guy who texts in the 5 o'clock hour every single day. Oh. And he's like, why are you guys not talking about Kelvin Sampson? Well, we are now. We're talking about him right now. Because there's palpable buzz. That Houston head coach Kelvin Sampson looking to jump to Louisville. And that Louisville's interested as well. He's on the list. He's done a remarkable job with the Cougars. Took over a dormant program that had had no success since the 1980s. Has turned them into a perennial top three seed. Has taken them to a Final Four. Has them as a very viable national title contender this year. Could have done the same thing in Indiana. But some antiquated rules just bit him. He got screwed there. Now he's risen like a phoenix in Houston after six years away from the sport, coaching in the NBA as an assistant, has been fantastic for the last decade, up there in age. He's 68 years old, but still probably is. Really? 68, 68. He's still probably got 10 good years left in him. If you're looking for a rebuild, there may not be a better place to go than Kelvin Sampson. He's on the list right now. He may top the list. I think that's our best candidate he that we've had so definitely far. definitely tops the list. Yeah. he's. Uh, we can put Juwan Howard well, over him. We've, 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 Bill Self's on the list. Oh, I forgot we did get Bill. Who would you rather have? Honestly, I think it's a fair question. Uh, Kelvin Sampson. You'd have you'd pick Kelvin Sampson no over question. Bill Self, right? Yeah, I don't know what it is about Bill Self. He just seems like such a sleaze ball to me. My only concern with I mean, because Kelvin Sampson, if you can win at Houston the way that he's won at Houston, 
you can coach anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, like you can have success anywhere. My only concern with Bill Self, because I do think he's a fantastic coach, and I think you can make the case easily that he's the best coach in college basketball right now. Sure. Can he get the players that he's been getting at Kansas at like anywhere else besides Kansas? Because, look, there was the quote in the story a few weeks ago uh, about, it was like a big-name athletic director talking about Michigan and the NCAA penalties for the football program, and he's like, Kansas basketball cheats more than any college program in America, and they did nothing to them, so I don't know why Michigan's cheating. And that kind of tracks with what I think college basketball people have been hearing for the last decade or so, that nobody plays outside of the rules as much as Kansas basketball does, and they've just sort of gotten away with it because their tight relationship with Adidas. So like, I don't know if he could do the same types of things at Louisville that he's been doing at Kansas, but even if he could get a little less less caliber of a player, I think he'd have success here. It's Bill Self, for God's sake. He, he knows how to coach. But I kind of lean towards taking Kelvin Sampson, too, yeah. which seems crazy. Bill Self's younger. And I mean, what's the, what, the only issues Kelvin's ever had is sending too many texts, right? After midnight. Whereas Bill Self is, just has a laundry list of items. He's never gotten in big trouble, though. Well, not big, big trouble. Never has anything Money talks. Away. How old is Bill Self now? I'm going to guess like 56. Oh, he's older than that. Got to so? be. Yeah. You're right. He's 61. Still, still, got a, still pretty young. He's still got a good ways to go. Yeah. Still got some good coaches. God, we got 20 more years of Bill Self? Gross. Probably. Unless he just gets tired of this. He could pull a J, right? I can see that happening. Text that I hit the great wife jackpot. Super pretty, smart, fun, great heart, and a huge L fan. And she understands sports more than the average fan. Always sees holds, lineup changes. If a guy is getting beat on the O-line and other nuances of the game many fans miss. She's also won my office bracket pool twice, not by colors or luck. She knows B-ball. I got her a tire gauge for Valentine's Day once. I love the tire gauge couple. They're the best. Is that them? Yeah, that's them. Hmm. He's he's admitting to it. Um, my wife knows basketball. Mary's good at basketball, I think because I forced her to watch, like, just... I mean, when I was so doing much. when I was doing the college basketball gig, and I was like, I've got to watch Murray State play at eleven o'clock on a <laughs> on a Wednesday night. I was like, well, What do you want me to do? And she just wanted to spend time together, so she was subjected to a lot of of just low level college basketball, and she learned the game pretty well. It's but, like her subjecting you to uh, was the show we discussed? Dancing with the Stars back in the day. Yeah, I watched go. a lot of Dancing with the Stars back in the day, and uh, Vanderpump Rules. Well, I like Vanderpump Rules. I, I, I'm not going to put that on her. <laughs> I definitely got into it. Uh, but she, with, with football, she has no interest in like knowing the rules. And she, every single time she asks a question, I'm like, I don't know why you're asking this. I know we both know where this conversation is going. I'm going to explain it. You're going to ask again why they made that a rule, and I'm going to say, I don't. It's a sport rule. What do you want me to say? And then you're going to say that's dumb, and that's going to be the end of the conversation. <laughs> it's every time we say, like, what's so. She's like, so what's holding again? And I'm like, you know, she's like, well, it looks like he's holding that guy. I'm like, yeah, if you get under the shoulder pads, it's not technically a hold. She's like, well, that's dumb. And every conversation we have with football is that way. But basketball, she gets pretty well. Texas, any rumors of Stoops going to Michigan were started by Stoops and his cohorts? Yeah. That's the thing. Texas, Mike, sometimes at night when I take my medicine, I smile because Trevor taught me that trick and it changed my life. Thanks, big guy. Texas, I know you... Uh, can't read that. We do have his back. Texas says, uh, Mike, one thing about KP playing Zan so much with zero productivity is, oh, that's, we've heard that text already. That was a great text from earlier in the week. Texas, TJ Otzelberger beat Jerome Tang last night. Hmm. I like my TJ Otzelberger take from a while ago. TJ is the way. Hashtag. Who would you take out of them two? Ooh, that's a good question. I think I would take TJ Otzelberger. Yeah, same. I really do. Because I, I think he's a, I think he's a potentially like, a legitimate, like, 
in that next wave of great coaches. I'm mm-hmm. not saying Jerome Tang can't be. I'm well, just Jerome saying, Tang's up there in age too, right? What he's probably like 60? 57. 57. So I mean, he's four years younger than Bill Self and hasn't really done nearly as much. Well, he's, he's, my issue is it's his second year. Yeah, exactly. As a coach, like Otzelberger, he's won everywhere he's been. He has a a system that I think can translate it to any program. He's never really been at a place where he's recruited at a high level because he hasn't had to. He hasn't been at like a place with the standards of Louisville. Tang was great last year. He's been good this year. I think they're going to kind of like Kansas State looks like a bubble team to me. If they get in, they're going to be like a nine ten seed, probably maybe an eight nine ten eleven seed. Like, can he do this consistently? We have no idea. Like, how much could last year have been just about he inherited or he got Marquise Noel? He had like an all world point guard, and that all world point guard carried him to a very memorable March run. I do think his his personality would be a huge hit here. I do think that like I like the way he does a lot of things. I'm just not sure that the personality thing will carry you for the first three, four years yeah. at a place like Louisville in the situation we're in. At some point, if you're not going to Final Fours and winning national titles, people are going to be like, cool, I, I love your press conferences, but can you really win here the way that you're supposed to win here? And I think that's – you have too small of a sample size with Jerome Tang. I would take T.J. Otzelberger. You know how old he, Otzelberger is? Um, 56. No, way less. Is he that young? 46. Oh, see? Yeah, he's got years and years left. He coached you for 30 years. Yeah. I like T.J. Otzelberger. He didn't do a great job at UNLV, but nobody does a great job. He kind of reminds me of the uh, with the way he smiles. He kind of reminds me of the dad from the Murdoch thing. Ooh, you know what I'm talking really? about? Yeah, he's got a kind of got a, that weird smile. That now I'm changing my feeling. <laughs> that alone is enough to be like, oh God, he does. Why didn't you say that? Look at the picture. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't like that. You won't ever be able to unsee it. I I, I don't think I can. Although Alex Murdoch is, he, he looks older now than he did back when like the the actual Murdoch murder stuff was happening. He looks older than TJ Osberger now, way older. Um, TJ Osberger though, the one thing that you could say is, look, the one example we've given about a quick turnaround, the most obvious example, Iowa State going from two wins to Sweet Sixteen in in, in year one, he was the coach. God, was, you're right. Murdoch looks terrible. He looks, yeah. I, mean, I guess murdering people and going to trial for it is going to take a toll on you, right? Texture says 502-414-1450. So is KP recruiting for his replacement at this point? I don't know what's going on. I don't know, yeah. Probably. Oh, just because Louisville made the top 10 for a kid doesn't mean that he's been recruited. <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like This is a kid from Kentucky. He probably was contacted by Louisville like early in the process and and you know had good feelings about them because he's he's from Versailles, knows the, the program and all that good stuff. We may not have talked to him in like a year, because I don't think we talked to anybody anymore. And he may just have us in his top ten out of some loyalty to like Nolan Smith or whoever reached out to him and was in contact with with him during that early recruiting process. I don't know. Texas, did you see that the third Kelsey brother uh, no, uh, come on. Texas says Scoots crushed Nolan. What? When did you crush Nolan? When did I crush Nolan? Certainly not on this program. Texture says, yeah, I, I mean, come on. You, you know I can't talk about these things. Texture says, play uh, Am I the A-Hole, but with Scoots not talking sports with Nolan at the hotel. Oh, that's what it is. That, oh, it's the, it, okay. It's the, the employee. I, yeah, I, I, knew, yeah. I knew that we had okay. talked about a Nolan on the show already. I just couldn't remember what it was. That makes sense. Yeah, I was thinking Nolan Smith. I was like, I didn't say anything about it. You did big league. 
your your, your young intern employee at the the, the hotel. Uh, just, not an intern. Just wanted to talk a little sports with you, and you're like, no, I'm too big for you. No, I just I don't want. I'm too good for yeah, you. Yeah. You looked at him. You said, I spit on you. I'm above you. You're less than I am. Don't maybe, look me in the eyes ever again. I mean, maybe it's because he always wants to talk about Louisville basketball, and I just don't have anything else to say. You should just like take his phone, pull up Mike Rutherford Show podcast, <laughs> just hit, hit play. play, and be like, "These are my thoughts. Come talk to me in two hours and thirty minutes." I'm actually gonna do that next time. I'm just, just gonna. Hey, can I see your phone real quick? Just, just pull it. up the pod. Just punch him in the face while you're at it. <laughs> just spit on him. <laughs> How dare you look me in the eyes? Texas, why do they have 68 teams in the NCAA tournament, Mike? Come on. Also, suck at scoots. From you Scoot suck Hater. at scoots, Hater. <laughs> Texas said, I missed a $2,600 payday last night on a $25 oh. parlay because Illinois lost. That one hurt. Oh. Oh, overtime lost to kill you. If Heck. only you would have just listened to the Mike Rutherford show and, and just listened to Scooter Diggs. I was going to say, listen to Mike Rutherford show, but not Mike Rutherford on that big. <laughs> you would have been okay. That does. That, but I did say that sucks. I did say that don't trust my bets. So I thought they were going to win last night. Terrence Shannon's situation is taking its toll. Yeah, I don't know. Also, Northwestern's pretty good at home. Texas Jasper Johnson is only six foot four. I'm surprised the staff is interested in, in such an undersized point guard. I love how they like went all in with the like we don't take big point guards and all. We don't take little point guards, and then they, they took Tyler Johnson after all that talk. How tall is he? He's like six. He's six one, if that. I mean, he he may be listed at six one, but he's, he's he doesn't look that big. He's six one. Uh, I mean, he's six foot tall. If if that, he's like five five ten. Probably. He's, I think he's. I would be willing to bet if you stood me next to Tyler Johnson, we'd be about the same height. Texter says uh, the must bust was always a hothead. Also, Mick Cronin sucks. <laughs> Forgot to mention R.I.P. Jesse Jane. Who's Jesse Jane? Jesse Jane. Jesse Jane. Is that a wrestler? Never heard of him. I feel like anytime somebody's, um, it's a woman. Oh, she's uh oh, she she's dabbles por- in the uh, adult industry. She's a porn star. Dead after a suspected drug overdose. Don't do drugs, kid. Man, her and her boyfriend. Sheesh, bad night. Lace drugs. Stay away from them. Don't do it. Not worth it. Texas Arkansas did beat Duke. We mentioned that. Texas, go ahead and erase must from the list. Here's the the quick because I look I, I I'm not. I've not been on the must bus. I wouldn't hate it, but I'm I'm not on the must bus. How much do we need to like how much should recency effect play a part in this hiring process right now? Because we've discussed this a few times on the show. The big candidates on the list, the, like the hot candidates, the, the candidates that all these college basketball people are saying their agents are reaching out and saying they're available, a lot of them are having not great seasons. Like Eric Musselman not having a good season at Arkansas. Mick Cronin, not having a good season at UCLA. Jerome Tang, honestly, kind of not having the best season at Kansas State compared to where they were a year ago. Dusty Mays had some weird losses at Florida Atlantic. Like, How much should that play a part? Should, should we? I do kind of worry that the fan base, and I don't know who the candidates are, are going to be at the end, but I do worry that there's going to be a logical choice, and maybe the guy who gets hired is going to be somebody who's been pretty consistent throughout his entire career, but is coming off of sort of a down year where maybe they don't even make the NCAA tournament. And I think we need to look at the totality of people's careers and not just what what happened recently. I know it's hard to do because you know, we're human. It's natural to think about the most recent thing. And we're kind of in this in this deal right now where it's like we come in here today and we're like, you know, I kind of prefer Nate Oates over Bruce Pearl. 
because because NATO's won the game last night. And then if if Alabama loses this weekend and Auburn wins, people will be like, I'm more of a Bruce Pearl guy now. I'm not <laughs> sure you can win playing NATO's style. And it's just our it's human nature to react to the most recent thing. And I, I do kind of worry that we're going to wind up hiring somebody coming off of a not great season and that people are going to focus overly on that when they need to be looking at the, the, the totality of things. But Musselman certainly is having a disastrous season. Texture says, uh, "Go, ahead. Mike, let's, let's get your way too early feelings on the football schedule. Here's mine. Certain wins, Austin P, Jacksonville State uh, at Stanford, Pitt, and at BC. Probable win is Georgia Tech. Should win but got a bad feeling, SMU at Virginia and Miami. And then 50-50 games, Notre Dame at Clemson. Certain loss at uh, Notre Dame and UK, I should say, are the 50-50 games. Certain loss at Clemson. Overall record, 8-4, and 5-3 and three in the ACC. Oh, you'd be disappointed with that, right? Yeah. 8-4? I, I think it would be one of those seasons where it's like, eh. It's just sort of it's not it's not terrible. Nobody's gonna throw a fit over it, but it's it's certainly a step back from your expectation after what they did in year one. I do hate the fact that and I didn't realize this when the schedule first came out. I think it's Miami, Clemson, and Stanford all have bye weeks before they play Louisville. That feels like we kinda of got set up there. Mm-hmm. Not thrilled with that. That's not great. I think that I mean how good is SMU gonna be? I, I would put them in the probable win more than should win, but got a bad feeling. Virginia, I do agree with you, kind of feels like a trap game. Miami, I'm always concerned about because um, of their talent level. Should Stanford be a for sure win? They've been pretty bad recently. That's true. But still, you're flying, like, it's a style you're not used to. You've never played there before. You're flying across the country. I, I am curious to see how those newcomers fare at home against the ACC because it's, it's such a unique situation. I don't know. I mean, it's way too. I, we don't even know half the rosters for these teams. All I know is at Notre Dame, at Clemson, at UK, are three games that you kind of feel like you're you're up against it a little bit, just based on history and playing them on the road. So eight and four doesn't seem crazy when you take into account there are three games that on paper you're probably going to be an underdog in right off the bat, and then you know you assume there's going to be one upset loss at least. That would take you down to eight and four, unless you can pull one of the upsets in the, in those three road games. But it's it's still it's it's way too early. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be for some of these teams that we're playing. So I know it's more fun than talking about Louisville basketball, but it's still it's still way too early. Texas with Saban and Harbaugh gone, Coach Prime is the new face of college football. I don't agree with that. I mean. He is going to be the face, but he's that doesn't mean he's going to win. I mean, he kind of was—he was the face of the first month last year, exactly. and then he went four and eight or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, who would be the who would be the new face of college if it's been Saban? I think you have to to argue that it has been, and Harbaugh probably was second. Like Kirby Smart is. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. But like you know, like how many people even know what Kirby Smart looks like? You know, Ryan Day is kind of the same way. Maybe Ryan Day. Yeah. Like like. like they're big names. Their teams are great, but they're just not They're not talked about the same way that guys like Saban and Harbaugh were. I don't know. I mean, it's like, like Deion Sanders really might be the most visibly recognizable coach in college football now. Yeah, thanks, Affleck. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of crazy to think about. Jeff Brom, number two, that's what they're saying. <laughs> Let's take a break. We come back 5 o'clock hour. I got a couple other off-the-beaten-path stories to get to. Man, today's show's flying. We'll take some text. It's all going to happen. It's all coming your way next here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 961 The Gets.
Time marches on 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 The Mike Rutherford Show, 1450 96.1 The Big X. Minor UVL Women's Basketball coming your way tonight at 7 o'clock. You can hear all the action on our sister station, 970 WGTK, your new home for Cardinal Athletics, as the Cards look to improve to 6-1 and in the ACC against the Boston College team that comes in with an 11-9 and overall record and a 3-4 and record in conference play. Cards coming off the loss to North Carolina over the weekend. Be a look, bad night to be Boston College. Bad night to be an Eagle. Bad night to be an Eagle. Go Cards. Take care of business tonight. We've talked a lot today uh, about a little NFL talk. Go Lamar, go Lions. A lot of general college hoops talk. We have, like, honestly, this is the least that we've talked about the U of L men's basketball team and Kenny Payne. We the only thing we've discussed is the the, the recruiting news. Which no wonder those first two hours went by so fast. I know, right? It was like, <laughs> like not having to recycle old takes and, and and all this stuff. It's been it's been a nice little reprieve. We talked a little general college football, the Jim Harbaugh news, the. Uh, the story about the LSU wide receiver getting caught with all this gambling going on—it's been a—it's been a nice little story. Louisville's going to host a, a number of visitors this weekend. They had a big junior weekend last weekend. Uh, I guess early this week, actually, they had a bunch of players from the 2025 class that they're recruiting who attended the Duke basketball game. Which typically, you know, recently I've been like, I don't know how much Jeff wants to use basketball games as uh, a recruiting ploy. But that, you know, having Duke in your building—actually, maybe that's smart. How? Explain yourself. Um, so, I mean, you're just sitting in the crowd with these guys, and his his recruiting pitch to him can be, hey, you see what they're doing on the floor? You see how they're not very good? Yeah, the football program's not like that. So, I, I guarantee it. Well, would be a, uh, Come on back for the spring game. You see what you're in for. Be a weird thing. It'd be sort of a, be a, a roundabout way to try to praise your own program. But, yeah. I mean, you get some juice in that building for the Duke game. You, you know, It's an impressive arena for sure. So, I get why you still would want to bring in players and show them that, but... Uh, Mason Mims, the oh great name, the great name, Texas Tech offensive tackle who's transferring in, probably going to be a, your early favorite to be the starting left tackle for next season. One of the higher rated offensive linemen available in the transfer portal who has already signed uh, with with Louisville. Uh, coming back to the Ville this weekend, he was tweeting about that. That was very cool to see. Excited to have him in town, and we'll see some of the other guests that are in town this weekend. Do you have the the, the Rick Patino clip from last night queued up? I can go. here in just a second. Yeah. So Patino last night we mentioned. Pulled off the the season sweep of Villanova for the first time in St. John's history since 1992-93. He, after the game, they won by 20, by the way. They played at Madison Square Garden. Big win for them. They're coming off of a, a three-game losing streak in Big East play. They're now back in that that race in the middle of the conference. But he was asked about one of the freshmen on his team, Simeon Wiltshire. Got his first start last night, and one of the reporters in attendance asked him 
if he could compare Simeon Wilcher to Peyton Siva, who, of course, came here at Louisville, played sparingly as a freshman, then took over the starting job as a sophomore, and was fantastic by the time he was a junior or senior. And this was Patino's answer when he was asked, uh, comparing Simeon Wilcher to Peyton Siva. Yeah, they're both awful as freshmen. (laughs) (laughs) Peyton Siva was one of the worst freshmen I've ever had and one of the best junior seniors I've ever ever experienced. Only two players have ever won back-to-back MVPs, Patrick Ewing and Peyton Siva, in the Big East tournament. Um, Sim, I thought I wanted to start him because he's the best teammate for these guys. He roots the hardest. And obviously Jordan wasn't ready because of COVID, but I wanted to play Sim at the two, where he, the pressure's not on him to run all the plays. It's really difficult for a freshman to do that. Peyton didn't play as a freshman. Russ Smith, I wouldn't even consider playing as a freshman. <laughs> and his jersey's hanging in the rafters. So Sim's great, Brady's great. Um, and I was really, really happy for him. He did a good job tonight. Uh, when he plays the combo guard, he can play 20, 25 minutes. The pressure on the, you know, we had to get on, Joel and I had to get on uh, DJ for not shooting the second three tonight, and then he took it. Um, and DJ DJ is the, he, he's the leader of his basketball team. Um, Joel is the, Joel makes it fun. DJ makes it business, and the two of them are a great combination together. So, you know, he's all business. Joel wants to have fun with the game. Um, <laughs> Yes, I had a little tequila for the first time in a long time. I said, no, we don't do that. <laughs> I mean, Patino, he's just, he has these dudes eating out of the palm of his hand. I had to watch that like five, six times. Like, did he just say he's having tequila? And he holds up his glass and shakes it. That was hysterical. I, I still don't know if he's like being serious or I not. I think he's being serious. You think so? Yeah, I do. I do know that he's, he's, a, he's a vodka guy. But maybe he is. But like, just I miss little stuff like that. I'm not saying I miss like, just Rick Pitino, although I do. But having a coach who's going to do like a little bit of insight, like he's a good leader, he's a good leader. But this one's more fun. This one's more business, and, and this is the way that it works. Just getting those little details that I think reassure you that things are working behind the scenes, and and, and this is a business model that's going to work for us this year. But it's going to to more importantly have even more success somewhere down the line. We just don't get that right now. And every time he talks, I'm like, oh, I miss it. I, I feel like we I, I feel like we divorced Kelly Kapowski, and now we're trying to sell ourselves on a group of Spanos. We're like, yeah, this Jesse Spano, we can you, we can find love again. That's the way that I hey, feel right Jesse now. Was, she she was, was good, too. But it's, 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 just, it's never going to be what it was. Not as good as Lisa. You're more of a Lisa guy over oh, Jesse yeah. guy. Yeah, for sure. I enjoyed Lisa's attitude more than Jesse's. Same. I thought Jesse would. Jesse was kind of a brat. Well, you and you typically go for taller women. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't turn down either. Let's be obvious. Are you kidding me? I mean, that goes <laughs> that goes without saying right there. Anybody on the show, I'm fine with. But yeah, it was more of a. I probably would go. I I'd probably have Lisa ahead of Jesse too. But if you're talking college years, it gets a little bit complicated. <laughs> Nobody touches Kelly. Anyway. That was Rupertino last night after the win over uh, over Villanova, sweeping them, giving some nice insight into his mindset with Joel Soriano and some of the other players. Made me a little bit sad, but I did like the reactions. The, the remembering Peyton Siva, remembering how he came here as a five-star McDonald's All-American that a lot of people thought was just going to take over the program and wound up backing up Edgar Sosa for the totality of that 2009-2010 season, where like we weren't a great team. And a lot of people were... Every now and then, Peyton would come in and make a crazy play, but you could see why he how he wasn't he just wasn't ready. 
and it's such an old school mentality now to to have freshmen and bring them on as slowly as Rick Pitino always did, and he still seems to be doing that at St. John's. I wonder how much we're going to see of that. But a lot of people, their biggest criticism of Pitino during his time here was that he didn't play the freshman enough. And I always thought it was a little bit overblown because when they were ready, you saw them play a lot. Like It wasn't like he never started a freshman. Tyquan Dean started as a freshman. Jerry Smith started as a freshman. Hell, Shane Bahannon on the 2012 team went to the Final Four started as a freshman. You could tell, like, like, he was right in his assessment of most of those guys because the freshmen that started here, by and large, didn't get a whole lot better as they got older. They improved, but you could tell that their ceiling wasn't quite as high as some of the guys that were brought along more slowly. Like, Jerry Smith was a knockdown shooter. He basically played the same role for all four years he was here. He was great, but he didn't have that much room for improvement. Shane Bahannon was kind of the same way. I mean, he, you know, he ended up not making it through his third year here, but the, the improvement just... Was, he was kind of the same guy he was as a sophomore uh, when he played as a freshman. Siva, you knew, was lightning in a bottle. And you knew once he harnessed in some of the the tendencies that he still had from high school, he was going to be an incredibly good point guard. It was just a matter of him being able to be patient, being able to get through everything that Rick put him through. And he said today, like, like he's, he's tweeted this a couple of times, he's like, if I were playing in, in today's game, I would have left after my freshman year. He's like, I would have transferred somewhere else. I would have been like, to hell with this. I'm a McDonald's All-American. How, all these freshmen all over the country are starting and playing big-time minutes. I don't care if it's Louisville. I don't care. Like, like, It wasn't like he was a backup on a team that was winning a national title. He was a backup on a Louisville team that was a ended up being a nine seed in the NCAA tournament. And he starts as a sophomore. He was pretty erratic on that team. He, he was more good than bad, certainly, on that Preston Knowles team in 2010-11. But... He played poorly in the NCAA tournament against Moorhead State. If you go back and watch that game, it was it was certainly not Peyton's best effort. And then as a junior and a senior, he's fantastic. And he's he's a big reason why Louisville goes to the, the Final Four in 2012. And he's an even bigger reason why they win a national title in 2013. And his story is just becoming such a rarity. Uh, where Russ Smith the same way. Matino was like, I wouldn't, he's like, he's like, I barely played Peyton. I was never gonna play Russ. <laughs> and Russ ends up becoming a guy who his jersey's hanging in the rafters now. The, the Russ story is, you talk about Peyton being a damn near impossible story this, in this day and age. Russ is absolutely impossible. And Russ has said multiple times he was ready to leave his freshman year. He, was, he had his stuff packed. He went to the West Virginia game. He was wearing, like, boxer shorts. He wasn't even, like, dressed to play. And he ended up getting some extended run in that game, made a three, got a couple steals. And it was that performance that convinced him to stick around just for his freshman year where he, barely, he still barely played. And... Wanted to leave after his uh, after that freshman season, stays it stays with it, plays more as a sophomore, and winds up becoming a superstar as a junior and a senior. It's just like you do kind of wonder now how many of these guys that are leaving after good, not great freshman seasons would have become Hall of Fame fame players at their respective schools if they just would have stuck around for three or four years. But yeah. it, it's we're never going to know. Did you see Peyton's response? No. What did he say? He said, uh, it's okay, Simeon Wilcher. At least you got to start. You're already far ahead of me, kid. <laughs> Peyton's the best. Uh, he, yeah, he's. I, I don't think Peyton ever started a game. I remember he made a – I went to the very first game of that season where – I don't remember who they they played, but he got in late and he had like a reverse alley-oop dunk and made a couple of highlight plays, and everybody's like, damn, this kid by the end of the year is going to be starting and playing 35 minutes. And it was especially – people were clamoring for him to play because Sosa was such a, a hot and cold player – and it just never happened. Like Patino knew, Patino knew shockingly knew better than we did. And the other thing about the, the freshman playing time thing is, 
uh, most of the time when you had a really highly touted guy and he just couldn't get on the floor as much as we all thought he deserved to as a freshman, you saw pretty quickly that it was for good reason. I mean, Shaquan Aaron, people were dying to see him play. Guess what? He ended up not being a very good college player. When he did play here as a freshman, he wasn't very good. Uh, VJ King, people were like, Patino's so just, he's got it out for freshmen. Him not playing VJ King is holding this team back. Well, when VJ King played, he wasn't very good. And then when he started playing big time minutes after Patino got fired, he, you could tell he wasn't very good. Wayne Blackshirt, everyone wanted him to play a billion minutes on the 2012 team his first year. And look, while Wayne ended up being a, 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 a good player, he never was the McDonald's All-American caliber, can't miss NBA first round draft pick that we thought he was going to be. Like more times than not, and this shouldn't shock anybody when we're talking about maybe the greatest coach of all time at the college level. Patino was right about his assessment with these guys. Like he knew what he was doing, and you know you just kind of had to, to be a little bit patient. In this day and age, I'm curious to see how it goes for him up there, trying to bring that philosophy to St. John's. Um, I think we're still trying to figure out what our philosophy is going to be here with Kenny Payne. You got, we don't really know. We know that he wants to have players in his system for multiple years, but he may never even get a chance to experience that because this could be his last seven weeks on the job. Knock on wood. Hopefully, thank God. But whoever the next coach is, I, I'm very curious to see you know, how be if he wants to recruit the highest profile high school kids coming out of uh, out of high school. How willing is he to let them learn on the floor as true freshmen for fear of them transferring somewhere else as sophomores, or for fear of them, you know, wanting a bigger NIL deal or stuff like that? Like these are all questions that you have to ask about new coaching candidates in this, in this day and age. Uh, it's just it's the way it is. Let's go. Uh, Thornton's text lines 502-414-1450. You guys have loaded it up again. We, th- we thought about playing a little MIDA hole. No time. But we may not have time to. Good grief. We've got to take some texts, and then we've got to make some picks for tonight. Texas says, bring Brom home guy is Fred Calgill. He hasn't been the same <laughs> since his uh, get well tour after the Trinity accident. I can't imagine that, that Fred would be able to pull off a stunt like that. He wouldn't take the time to do it. Texas, is it possible that bring Brom home guy is Tony Vanetti? He's still in media, right? Yeah, Tony's Tony still he's not doing sports, right? But he's he still does a radio show on 840. Does he do, like, play or color at all? I don't think so. I swore I heard him on a broadcast the other day. Maybe he was. I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't think he does. But I'm not sure. I mean, I know he, has a, I know he still does a radio show, but I, he doesn't do sports anymore, right? Texas says, what are your thoughts on the Sean Smith stats showing that he penalizes the home team more and the away team wins more often when he's refing than any other ref. Worried about a fix for the Chiefs and a Taylor Travis Super Bowl. We talked about this in the, in the first hour. Go I, back and listen to the pod. I told you it's the it's the conspiracy. I'm if I'm here's the thing. Like I, I don't necessarily buy into the the NFL going all out to rig this. But if I'm the Ravens owner, I'm making a call to somebody, and I'm just being like, hey, what's the deal with this? I, I just want to make sure. There's nothing nefarious going on right now. I mean, I feel like it's at least worth a call. Am I wrong? I don't think so. I, I mean, I'm, I'm it's the Super Bowl for God's sake. Like, this is the closest you've been to winning a Super Bowl since uh, since Trent Dilfer was. I'm uh, not Trent Dilfer since uh, since Flacco was winning his one. Like, like, I'm 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 doing everything I possibly can to make sure that I'm not going to get screwed out of this. Texas, thank you for confirming that Ramsey is Bring Brom Home guy. I can't imagine if I don't have the technological savvy to pull off something like that. I can't imagine that John is doing it. I don't. I mean, I, I don't. John has no 
that I know of affection for Mick Cronin. I don't know why he would. I know John does love Jeff, but as far as Mick, I, I don't. I don't know why he would go out of his way to do Mick as the pick thing. I can't imagine that it's John. Texas, did you see where Scary Terry is going to Miami? I think he's a great fit there. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see Patino also did tweet about it, talking about how he's he's very excited for Terry Rozier joining the Heat, how he brings it every day. Didn't he play last night? Did he play last night? I think so. I don't I don't think he had a great game, but I think he played. Who'd they play? Let's see. Uh, my, they lost the Grizz, one hundred five to ninety six. Um, God, ESPN NBA page is hard to navigate. <laughs> They've lost like five in a row. Jeez. Um. He did He did play. Did not play well, you're right. Uh, played 29 minutes off the bench, 3 of 11 from the field. Woof. Five assists, three turnovers. He was minus 13, the worst plus minus rating on the team last night. I'm going to go ahead and start a rumor. You ready? Yes. Bam, yes. Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero are freezing him out because he's a card. That's why he didn't play well. He and Bam are boys. Yeah. Tyler they, Hero maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Hero hates him. Uh, Tyler, what was because Tyler? Yeah, no, Tyler and Terry, Terry didn't overlap at all. Harold was well, freshman in what 2019? Was that his one season? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, he hit the big three in the NCAA tournament against Houston. I want to say, uh, Texas says, Mike, I need your opinion. Okay, I'm just getting into sports betting and just wanting to know is it worth it to pay fat jacks or professional pickers to help me with parlays? I can't answer that for you. I, I've never done it, so I can't answer that for you. Have you ever done that, Scoots, where you've done the whole, like, hey, DM me 10 bucks and I'll get give you my picks for this weekend? I have never paid for it, but there are a couple, like, betting services that I'll follow on Twitter, and they'll offer, like, a free week of VIP, so I'll take those. I'll take them up on that. And, and then they, there's they, a... Have they worked well for you? No, not really. See? But that, but that's not, that's, that's not their fault. That's my fault with my betting strategies. I'm just, I'm not very disciplined when it comes to betting. So I, I kind of just go crazy on everything and throw it all on a parlay, and one one doesn't hit, they all miss. So that's a terrible philosophy. Oh, it yeah, is that, that's entirely on you. That's awful. Now I have I have transitioned to a little bit more of like single game bets as of late, and I do follow another guy who gives out a free bet every day, and he's pretty pretty on the money with his free bet every day. So as of late, I've just been betting that. I mean, I would say, I mean, it's up to you, honestly, but. Like I've never done it, and you can fa- find a lot of people on social media who do just give free plays. And if you just search for it, you can probably find some guys. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. And I don't know if you know. You got to do the unit method, and I'm just not good at the unit, which method. I never like understood until just recently. I saw I, I got because yeah, I never really gambled on sports outside of horse racing until it became legal here, and I just, I just wasn't going to go out of my way to place bets. And so I saw people talking about, I'm up, you know, lost this bet, but I'm up like three and a half units. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And finally somebody had to explain it to mm-hmm. me. But Well, and they say, if like, say, say your unit starts out at five bucks and you do that for a week, maybe two weeks, and you've, you've doubled your profit in your account, then you go up to two units. So your new unit would be $10. And ideally, you just keep going up and up and up. And that's how you make a lot of money sports betting. But it's tricky. Yeah, it, it is tricky. I think all these accounts, too, that you see on social media, they're like, you know, they never post their picks, but then they're like, we're 93 and 60 on the year. And I'm yeah. like, are you really? I don't, I don't know how much I buy it, but uh, you, you can find guys that are pretty reliable. I, I, like Coleman Crawley is a guy that I follow. He's a, a good college basketball guy. He goes to a ton of games. He's always trying to, he goes to a bunch of mid-major games. 
and he's been doing this. He has the system where he only bets second half lines, and it's worked out. Like I've I've tailed him on a couple of picks, and it's worked out pretty well. Where he'll say like, if there's a, if somebody has a, they're they're supposed to win the game, but they're down by like twelve at halftime, and they're only like minus three and a half in the second half. Like he's got this. He'll identify that and pick it out. I've done a lot. I followed a lot of his bets, a lot of over unders, and they've they've worked out pretty well. But you you can find guys who know what they're talking about, yeah. or just listen to the big X big bets. We've you know we put come it on. We're three for three from last night. Texture says, "What's the latest on Arizona Tommy Lloyd extension? Is that door opening more or less or too early to tell?" It is an interesting situation because Arizona comes out today or a couple days ago with their financial issues. You assume that that's going to bleed over into athletics, and like they they just. Well, they lost Jed Fish. They're probably going to save some money, I guess, on the football side of things due to that. But basketball with Tommy Lloyd, you got him kind of on the cheap because of your own situation that was happening with Sean Miller and the FBI scandal, and he'd never been a head coach before. Uh, so y- y- you probably saved some money hiring Tommy Lloyd, and now he's been a one seed, a two seed in his first two years. He's looking like he's going to be a top three seed again this year. You're gonna owe him some money, especially if he makes a run in the NCAA tournament. I would love to, I'd love to land Tommy Lloyd. Love to get him out here in the, in the Midwest or Southern, whatever you say, Louisville is, but probably not gonna happen. Texture says Mike gunned ahead easy. <laughs> Who is Louisville's next basketball coach? There's the question. Who is our pick today? Who's the uh, Kelvin Sampson? Kelvin Sampson. <laughs> That's the pick today. That's the guy. Gotta make him say no. That's the guy. Texas Scoot's normal voice sounds more like Mahomes than his impression of him. It's 100% true. <laughs> when you try to do your impression of Patrick Mahomes, I was like, just talk normally. It's way closer. <laughs> it's a good one. Good one, Texter. Texas says, I read my losing season by Pat Conroy off your suggestion on the show. I hadn't read him before and thought it would be something like, don't put me in coach by Mark Titus. It definitely wasn't, but it was still a great suggestion from this show, and people should read it. It's a, it's a, it's a really good book. Do you, you want to do Big X Big Book Club right here? Sure. Because I'm reading, I'm almost done with this out with this now, and I can't believe that I took this long to read this book. But "Play Their Hearts Out" by George Dorman, who is a you know one of the better just writers in general of the last few years. It came out in 2010, and he gets incredible access to the, this AAU grassroots program. He he forges this kind of relationship with this guy who's launching. It, it, this guy found Tyson Chandler as a kid, uh, and then ended up losing him to this kind of skeezy guy. Who got him on his AAU team and Bill and, Self? Yeah, basically, like he launches his, his own AAU team with this super talent, this like the, the next gigantic player in, in in basketball, and Demetrius Walker. He thinks he's found like the next Tyson Chandler, and so he starts this ten and under grassroots AAU team, and he's like, okay, you can follow me until these kids get through high school, and you can write this book, and I don't care what happens in it because by the time these kids get out of here, I'm gonna be a millionaire. And it really like explores just how gross AAU basketball is. Like he meets with Sonny Vaccaro, he meets with all these people, Nike and Reebok, and at the time Reebok and Adidas are all getting involved, and in how this whole thing works, and just crap parents, just kids that don't have a chance to really make it out. It's it's a very very good read. I got about fifty pages left. I'll bring it into the station. Maybe I feel like TJ's a big reader. Maybe maybe he'll well, he'll pawn that off. We can do a big ex. Book club here. Can we start like putting the books in the top drawer over yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, we can do something like that. I would we'll love just, to. We'll just trade them because I need something to read. I'm trying to get. But I had a when I first got sick, like my like was not able to read. I would get. It was a very strange thing. I'm finally getting back into it. I've got a Jim Nance book. You want to read it? I do not want to read Jim Nance's book. Oh, it's great. It's about his dad and how he got into sports because his his dad was a big influence. It's a great book. Very nice. It's, you would enjoy it. I'm gonna pass. There's even pictures in it. 
Well, Kids I, would enjoy it. I do enjoy the pictures. <laughs> but play their hearts out if you're looking for a good sports read. It's very, also, very early on in the book, a young Peyton Siva and a young Stephen Van Trees appear, which is cool. So you don't like you don't like Jim Nance? I mean, I think he's... I don't know if I can produce this show anymore. I don't... So one, one of the first... He's my favorite. One of the first posts that I ever went wrote that went like viral back in like the early sports internet days was a, a just a listing of Jim Nance quotes and analyzing all of them. Like those corny lines that he would give at the end of the Final Four during the Masters. You know, sometimes when you think you can't, you can. And UConn has won the national championship. And all those, like, uh, you know, they say that last night, Notre Dame Gay saw snakes on a plane. Well, now he's worried about a tiger on the course. It's like, just like, <laughs> like I had all these quotes just kind of like making fun of him. And it was the first one, one of the first posts that I ever wrote that kind of made its rounds around the internet. Uh, so I, I, I enjoy Jim Nance. I enjoy kind of laughing at him. I do like his... He's he's a he's a comfort for me. Like yeah. I, I don't know the the final four without Jim Nance, and it'll be weird to hear him not call it. Oh, this is last. Is this his last he's year? He's done. Yeah. I think last year was his last one. Oh, last year was his yeah. last. Oh, that's yeah. No more giving ties to random kids. Mm. It's terrible. But I don't think I want to read his book. I'm fine with him. I don't want to read his book. Fine then. I'll keep it. I'm sorry. I'll bring in Harry Potter for you. I don't want to read Harry Potter either. <laughs> Give me something else. I, I need something to read after. I that. don't have anything else. Okay, well, that's all I got. Yearbook? You want to you want to read one of my yearbooks? Sure, let's make that happen. <laughs> I'm good with that. Texas says, uh, 30 and older, Scoots is out on that one for the sweet team. But <laughs> <laughs> fine. Have you ever seen Swingers? Uh no. Uh to give one of the best parts. It, it is uh, people say it's aged poorly. I think it's I, I'm still a big fan, but one of the best parts is they're very drunk at like a sort of a waffle house type establishment. And the Vince Vaughn character, Vince Vaughn's basically playing himself. They're all playing themselves when they first moved out to L.A. And they're very drunk. And, like, John Favreau is, is embarrassed. And he's, like, trying to get them to shut up. And he's like, fine, you want me to ask her? I'll ask her. Ma'am, where do the high school girls hang out around here for my friend? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's scoots on the text line every day. Texas says, I-, I did parlay your picks from last night. Good looks always. There you go. I didn't even parlay them, so you made more money than I did off those. Congrats. You're not a big parlay guy, though. I am. Are I, you? I'm just. I don't. I don't. I don't hit them mm. <laughs> very well. I mean, I moneyline parlayed. You do like two, three game parlays, though. Do you, Do you ever get crazy and do like eight, nine, ten game ones? I, I usually do like five games. I feel like I, okay. I, I'll go with five games that I feel. And it, it's the classic thing where so many times in recent weeks I've hit like four out of five, and it's been like close to a big hit, but like the last leg like just misses for whatever reason. Like Saturday, I got crushed by the the last second shot. Texas beating Baylor killed me on everything. Um, and, and that's frustrating. But I usually I don't put like a whole lot of money on those. I usually will do like you know like fifteen whatever bucks to win five hundred or something like that. So you feel great if you hit, but you can afford to miss a few. Mm-hmm. But I do like last time the only parlay I did was the money line parlay that I, I gave out Iowa State and um, and Nevada. Feel good about it. Bet hard on it. Feel good. Texas, can we talk about how Kayshawn Butt? Yeah, we talked about this. The LSU receiver. Made 8,900 bets and lost 80K of his money. The guy really deposited that much money just to tail the fade. God, book it with Trent. Gamble responsibly, folks. It is a cautionary tale for sure. It's bad. Is he talking about Trent, the bad gambler? Yeah. Yeah. He's not the turtle guy, though, right? No. Texas, my tire gauge guy, is actually a wonderful husband. I can hardly wait for this year's Valentine's Day car tool. I love the tire gauge. They communicate with each other through the text line on the show on like a biweekly basis. It's wonderful. I am now curious to see. I am, I am genuinely curious to see what he gets you for Valentine's Day, and I want to know. You think they're together or they're listening separately? 
I think I think a couple of times they've been listening separately. They've both been like driving home from work, texting the text line about each other, <laughs> which has been great. It's one of my favorite things on the show. Um, I'm not a big we we don't do like Mary and I are on the same page. Like anniversaries and Valentine's Day, we don't do like big presents or anything. Good, that's how it should be. Yeah, we do like anniversary. We'll go out to dinner, but we don't like. It's one of those where it's like let's not get each other anything. Like we'll, you know, if we need something, we just kind of buy it. It's just it's it is what it is. Valentine's Day, you know, get her flowers, get her card, write her a nice note. That's about it. Maybe maybe a tire gauge. Who knows? <laughs> I did get her an air pressure filler for for Christmas. One of the gifts I gave her. Sure, she loved it. She she did. She's always complaining about putting air in the tires because she, she she's one of those where. Because when it's winter, the, the put air in the tires light's always on. Always. Always on. And I very much am like, you know, you can see if there's an active issue with it, with air pressure, and I'll go to the gas station to handle it then, but the light's always going to come on. doesn't matter. And she very much is like, we have to handle this. You've you got to fill it up now. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And so I got her this little machine that you just like, you hook into it, and automatically it reads your air pressure, and it will fill it up to the, the proper amount on itself. Sweet. So I'm like, this is for both of us. It's for you to have peace of mind, and it's for me to just not have to deal with your your questions about this. Well, doesn't it get annoying having to put the quarters in the air it's machine? It's so annoying. Half the time it doesn't work. Exactly. You go to this gas station, like the, there's no... Yeah. You pull in, you're all confident, and then the coin slot's covered. Yeah, the, the, the nozzle's not hooked up <laughs> to the, 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 the tube. It's all it's always a disaster, and everyone's looking at you. For the ones where you got to press uh, vacuum or air, you can only press one. You it's can terrible. only let you press vacuum. 90% <laughs> of the time, the gas station doesn't have the air. and It's like they're laughing at you on the inside, too. They're like, we're really going to screw with them. It's Kenny Payne playing his son. In terms, they're just like, all right, let's look at this guy. Let's mess with this guy. I did say one, the, the one time that I, you know, you have those suspicions. The one time that I know it was true, I was leaving for, it was the summer that I, I worked in Iowa. And I'm leaving to drive 12 hours. I, I left like 3 a.m. And I pulled in the gas station. It was the, It's the gas station like right across from Ballard High School where, where the Wendy's is, if you, if you know what I'm talking about. And I'm the only person there. And like I, I, I you know, I put the money, I put the, put the card in. I, I keep doing the thing, and it's just like not working. It's just like not working at all. And it keeps like saying like, try your card again, try your card again. And I'm like, I'm doing everything right. I've gone to this gas station a million times, and I look in. There's like two teenage dudes just like laughing their asses off at me. I'm like, this trips off to a terrible start. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this is this is ridiculous. And I just drove away. It was bad. Text says, uh, are we at this point? Are we at this point? We just need to find the guy before the guy is the next head coach. Signs Scoot's high school locker neighbor. Ooh. Hmm. That's a first-time texter, and he says he, he was your, your locker neighbor in high school. I don't remember my locker neighbor. You probably had several. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna have to go home and break out mm, the yearbook. Hmm. I mean, I'm hoping that Kenny Payne is the guy before the guy. I'm hoping that the next guy's the guy. That's what you have to hope. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get through as many texts as we can. We'll look ahead to the night that will be in sports. Make some picks. Give you some bets. Have a good time. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Right. He said, I got what you need, son, and I 
Step down in the cellar He reached through the cobweb As he turned on the light He said There might be a little dust on the bottom But don't let it fool you About what's inside There might be a little dust on the bottom But it's one of those things Great song, great song I played it before I know you I, I really pride myself on not repeating, but as soon as I heard you say Creole, I was like, I've played this. I'm song. fine with it. I'm not. I'm fine with I'm it. I'm mad at myself. I'm good with it. It's 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 fine. It's it's enjoyable. It's it's a nice little ride into the evening as for the last segment. I'm good with it. All right. It is 5:40. We got one more segment here. We got about uh, 17 minutes. If you want to have your thoughts heard on the Thornton Sex line. 5:40. Yeah. Text Whoa. us. Text us at 502-414-1450. It's the last time to take some shots at Scoots because he won't be around tomorrow. We'll have Rashawn Myers in studio tomorrow doing the show for us as we get ready for a big weekend uh, in the NFL. Kind of a big weekend in mobile sports. <laughs> Cards taking on Virginia on Saturday afternoon. But more importantly, the Lions going for their first Super Bowl appearance ever. <laughs> we'll talk with Rashawn about all that good stuff tomorrow. Uh, we'll get some picks here at the end of the 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 show. It's it's a lame night in college basketball. This is a... I, I feel like this at this point in the calendar year, we shouldn't have Thursday nights that are... This week yeah. in power conference basketball, you've only got one ranked team playing uh, tonight. It's 11 o'clock. You can't watch it because the Pac-12 network doesn't actually exist. Well, this is the first week we had Monday games, right? We had Big Monday. Yeah. I mean, that's like three power conference games. You should be able to still divvy it up pretty well. I agree. But Thursday night, I mean, Arizona is the only team playing tonight that's in the top 25. They're on the road taking on a bad Oregon State team um, who's 1-6. 11 o'clock, Pac-12 network doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, they, they could just make up that game. Nobody can watch it. I'll be asleep for two hours by the time that starts. It's late and it's not a real channel. It's the perfect. It's like the, the you know the, the the hoax. It. It's a moon landing situation, right? Just, just totally <laughs> fake. Not a real thing. Do you believe in the moon landing, Scoots? I do. Yeah. Okay. Do you not? I do. Okay. Just making sure. You're kind of freaking me out there. I mean, I'm listening to this JFK pod. It's it's uh it's it's, it's taking my mind in a million different directions. Between JFK and Kenny Payne, I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> I don't know what to believe. Conspiracies abound everywhere. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Texture says, Mike, I'm sorry to do this, especially after the statement about everyone asking you at social functions, but is Scott Drew an actual candidate? Is there at least a 10% chance that he will that he even entertains it? Like, does his agent give her the structure of the contract it would take for Scott to leave Baylor? I mean, I can't answer that with, with any sort of reasonable idea of what the percentage is. I think that he's at least willing to listen just based on the fact that I know he was at least willing to listen two years ago. And I think that the we're in a better situation to lure somebody like Scott Drew away from Baylor than we were two years ago. And maybe he's in less of a desirable spot in Waco than he was two years ago. So I think he would at least listen. But as far as like saying, he, do I think he's at least a 10% chance? I, I don't know. I would say yes. 10% feels about right. 10% is not very high. It's not. I mean, so it makes it plausible, it, but it makes him a rational choice, yeah. a, a, a a realistic option, which I think he is. I really do. But I, as far as like getting your hopes up, I I wouldn't. I would say it's far more likely than not that we do not get Scott Drew as our head coach. But I would not be shocked if we did. If, at the end of the day, Texas says two things I can't wait for. One. What the DePaul search committee said about KP. Two, what your reaction was when you found out who BBH uh, is. 
I mean, people were texting me during the break there. I was looking at some texts, some people who think they, they know who he is. And it's kind of like what I thought. They're like, I don't know the guy that they're talking about. So, man, that was confusing. I read that as BHH. And I was like, we know who BHH is. Love BHH. <laughs> BBH. Yeah. It's kind of annoying sometimes, but he loves the show, so I can't hate on him. But it's kind of what I think it is. If these people are correct, it's somebody that I don't know. Texas says, I want you all to banter. Who is better in three years? Louisville or Indiana? Ooh, man! It's I mean again. I, I know you it's want us to banter. Depending on the coach, we have no idea who the coach yeah. is going to be. Well, in all fairness, we probably don't know who the coach is going to be at Indiana in exactly. three years either. There's. I'm going to go with Indiana. I'm going to go with Louisville. <laughs> Why not? I'm, You're wrong, Mike. I've got nothing to base that <laughs> off of. I've got no reason to believe that that's going to be accurate. Hopefully, both programs are are rolling along. Let's let's play for a championship three years from now. What do you say? Why not? Let's make it happen. Bring the rivalry back. <laughs> football cowards. Texas says uh, Jasper Johnson's dad is a former UK football player, Dennis Johnson. I didn't realize that was his dad. Coach K could be coaching us, and we wouldn't land him. Not sure why the staff is even trying to recruit him. Well, we love recruiting guys that are definitely going to go to to UK anyway. <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I had no idea that Dennis Johnson was Jasper Johnson's dad. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, he's probably going to go to UK then. But it's just nice to be on the list. It's just nice to be mentioned in a somewhat positive light. Texas said all these coaches having not great years, but Otto Rigger has ISU in the top ten of the net. TJ is the way. Let's get it going. I like. I love the Otto Rigger fan. I love his passion. God, can you imagine Louisville fans? We give each, we give ourselves a lot of congratulatory pats on the back, and I think deservedly so for being really good basketball fans. I think we know the game. We know what good basketball is. If there's one thing that we do horribly as a collective fan base, it's correctly pronounce the players' names on our team. Like, I mean, we had calls on the radio show for years where it was like, I don't know about Anas Mahmood, and I'm like, that's, <laughs> it's not, it's not how it's Chase Bahannon, Chase Benahan, like, you know, we, we, we do this forever. And we, we just don't care to learn how to correctly pronounce their names. Trevor was the, the prime example of that. But T.J. Otzelberger, we would struggle forever. Like, nobody would spell his name right. Nobody would say it right. We would. It, that's the one drawback on him. The biggest drawback is Louisville fans just would not get his name right, and it would be terrible. Honest Mahmood is still to this day the tallest guy I've ever stood next to. He's tall. He's huge. Also, second point I had, it, I kind of don't want T.J. Otzelberger to come here because there's going to be – no shortage of restaurants within this city that are going to have an Otzel burger on their menu. You're damn right. Right? Kidding me? Hey, TJ, what's your favorite burger? And then that's going to be the Otzel burger on their menu. And then if he sucks, like people are going to feel really bad about <laughs> it. It's like, yeah. By the way, it is speaking of people who have hamburgers named at them at local establishments, Scotty Davenport, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday to Coach yep. Scotty D. Hope he gets a win tonight on his B-Day. Let's take out North Florida. I uh, texted her earlier, said take North Florida team total. Hopefully Bellarmine's team total can be even higher. Texas says Scoots' music uh, needs a bit more variety. A little country is cool, but just a little. I only do it on Thursdays. It's, country it's, Thursday. It's Country Thursday. Get behind the theme here, pal. Texas says Elizabeth Berkeley got naked on Showgirls. Yeah, so she there's did. that. But if you look at her now, her face is way stretched out. She did. Get, I remember that being such a huge thing. Yeah, it where, was. Because it was a, it was a, it was all, it was pretty scandalous too that Tiffany Amber Thiessen went to Beverly Hills 90210 and played kind of a bad girl on the show. Like that was you thought that was scandalous. And then it was like, well. It's, you think that's bad? Elizabeth Berkeley's showing her boobs in Showgirls. It's crazy. It was a huge deal. <laughs> I, I remember the scene vividly. Texture says, uh, Scoot's talking about how it was going to be a nice drive home. That man is at peace with the world. 
Pretty much. Yeah. He's never too high. He's never too low. He's just scoots. Texture says, if Western Kentucky gets up 20 points versus FIU tonight, hopefully they don't blow it like they did against New Mexico State last Thursday. That was a really bad loss. Western's having quietly, they're kind of doing more with less this year than they've been doing in recent years. Like, they're not great, but they're 2-3. and three. I keep forgetting that they're in – I keep forgetting who's in Conference USA. I'm looking at some of their conference games. I'm like, I forgot that they made the jump. Uh, they're 2-3 and three in CUSA. They've lost two in a row now. They could use a win over FIU tonight because CUSA is not a great conference. There's nobody in there that they shouldn't be able to play with. Like La Tech is is okay. Liberty is now in CUSA. They're not great, um, but they're better than than most teams. This is a league that that Steve Lutz can win. I would not be shocked at all if Western, you know, won the conference USA tournament and got to the NCAA tournament, which, which would be a huge smack in the face to to Rick Stansberry, who brought in all that talent and just never did anything with it. Which is kind of the Rick Stansberry way. Who was their big player from last year that transferred away? The Jamarian Sharp, the big kid. No. It was a little guard. Everybody was after him. Oh, McKnight. Oh, Davian McKnight. Where's he at? Wanted to come to Louisville, and Louisville was like, eh, thanks, but no thanks. He's at Xavier. That's right. Yeah, I knew I saw him recently. He's playing pretty well for them. Yeah, he is. Not a great Xavier team, but he's playing pretty well. And, and I, Jamarian Sharp, I saw him last night. I forgot that he was at Ole Miss. He's so huge. He's playing against him. He, he is tall. You're not, but your assessment of both Honest Mahmood and Jamarian Sharp is correct. I mean, They're both very tall. Everybody next to me is pretty tall. Let's be honest. But those guys are special. Even your five foot nine frame, tall. <laughs> Whatever you say. Nine and a half without shoes. <laughs> Texas Mike, I'm ready for the parlay. We're going to give it. We'll give it to you. Texas says, if you haven't heard from... Come on. Texas says, Truly Donovan says Scott Drew isn't a candidate at all. Truly Donovan doesn't know all. Doesn't know all. I think he's a candidate. Texas I never read the George Doman book, but I did read his 2012 SI feature on the dysfunction of UCLA basketball. I forgot that he's the one who wrote that. My favorite part is when Reeves Nelson urinated on Tyler Honeycutt's bed because he thought he snitched to Ben Hallen regarding the party they had on New Year's Eve. The Reeves Nelson st- tidbits in that story were just remarkable. Remember Reeves Nelson? No. Oh, he was a bad boy. He was good. He was I mean, not nearly as good as people thought he was. Clearly, he's a bad boy. He peeing in another dude's bed. Peeing on people's bed. Yeah, Ben Hallen. Ben Hallen also comes up pretty in this book. What's he doing nowadays? He's coaching in Mississippi State. Oh no, is not he? Mississippi State. He's, he, he was coaching in Mississippi State. Now he's not anywhere? Now he is not anywhere that I know of. <laughs> he was in Mississippi State. Steve Jans took over uh, this, after last year. I don't know what Ben Helen's doing, but he's he comes up in the book because of the relationship he has. Are you familiar with the Pump Brothers out there in the West Coast? They had big AAU, and like basically Ben Helen was kind of their guy. He gets the UCLA job, and Pump and Run, their AAU franchise, becomes sort of a feeder team for UCLA. Ben Helen had some he's a little bit of a sketchy pass for sure. Texture says, is 8,900 bets a year too much? <laughs> you imagine making 8,900 bets? Asking for a friend. Especially in college, man. Like, uh, I, I just can't. You have to do nothing else but just be hanging around. Yeah, when do like, you have time for homework? God, I mean, Between making the bets and watching the games to see if they paid off. You also just can't be thinking. Like, you just got to be doing, like, I'm pulling up my app and I'm just picking random games. I'm just doing whatever just to have something to do. Also, he had to get around the age restrictions. Shouldn't that be a little harder to get around? Yeah. Like, how how was he able to get around that so easily? I think it's also strange that a major college football player would be doing it. Like, you, you hear about a lot about former athletes getting too into gambling because they need that competitive rush. You know, the surge of adrenaline that, that competing on the field used to give them. They can get that with, with sports gambling, betting high stakes, and that's how a lot of people get into trouble. But, my man, like, you're playing football for LSU. 
and then you're playing in the NFL. Like that that should be enough to feed that that beast. Like you sh- you shouldn't have to to get that rush from gambling. I don't know why you would do it outside of, again outside of just being bored. Text says always heed Steve Sanders from 902 and advice about betting to ba- basketball to Brandon. Basketball is a sucker bet. It's not, Steve. It's not. At least not for me. I've, I've done way better with basketball than than football. Texter says um also Texas listening to the Patino audio, I should call her. Also really love his humble bragging about how insanely good he is at development. Yeah, that's what he does. Texas KRC listener here who listens when I get a chance. Hey Love you. Can't read the second part of your test. Texas, I was hoping I never heard about the Baylor buzzer beater again. It busted mine as well. It was a tough, it was a tough look. Texas book club recommendation for Mike. Okay. There will be no miracles here. It's a fantastic book, and the author's dad played quarterback at Ohio State for Woody Hayes and has a wild story. I'm writing it down. Just one wild story in a whole book? Scoots, stop judging people. I'm looking for more more wild stories. You're giving me Jim Nance and Harry Potter. <laughs> and my yearbook. Don't forget that. Which, I can't give you that anymore because now i got to look at it tonight. You can't, you, you figure, figure out, out who my locker mate was. Who the was. mysterious locker mate is. <laughs> the, the locker neighbor. That was 15 years ago. I, don't, I couldn't tell you who it was. Texas sports book suggestion, Indy Split, one of the best-reviewed sports books of the last few years about the IndyCar series split of the 1990s. Even if you aren't a racing fan, it's a great uh, read that plays out like the sports version of the movie Social Network. I would actually like to read that because I, I am curious. Do you remember when that happened? I know you're not a big car racing guy, but do you remember when like the, the, like the IndyCar racing had the gigantic split in the 1990s and it just it took all the big names basically away from the Indy 500 was the big deal? No, nah, I've always been more of a NASCAR guy. So, no, I don't remember that. Because the the first year that the, I just remember the split happened, and all the big names in the Indy 500 at the time were like out of the Indy racing. I mean, were out of the the Indy 500, and then it became. I, I think that that year was like the closest finish in Indy 500 history. It wasn't the Al Unser Scott whoever that was Scott Goodyear? I think it was, it was somebody else. It was it was a crazy finish. Uh, it was Buddy Buddy. Lazier was that the name of the guy who won? Uh, I, should, I, should, I I remember it being a big thing, and I remember thinking about how much I hated it. And there have been a lot of parallels drawn to to that with what's going on with golf, with the Live Tour taking away the biggest names in the PGA, and how it's kind of you know making it not as much of a thing anymore. It's it, it, it sucks. Texas air pumps are to gas stations as ice cream machines are to McDonald's. That's a good comparison. Yeah, the ice cream machine never works at McDonald's. By the way, the, the book club suggestions, they don't have to be sports books either. You can branch out. Texture says, I know who the Bring Brum Home guy is. I won't say his name. He is not involved in local media, and he's a diehard UofL guy. That's kind of the, that's what I'm getting behind the what scenes a tease. here. I, don't th- I think the local media, I think he's trying to throw people off. Texture says, sorry, listen on and off, but BBH is just a huge UofL fan. Has no affiliation with media. He's just he's trying to throw everybody off the scent now. We're yeah. getting a little too close. The, Te- Mick, the Mick is the pick has people riled up. He texted all his buddies and told them to, hey, text into Rutherford. Tell him I'm not in media. Maybe that's what's happening. <laughs> apparently there was one time that he texted something. And maybe maybe it's a group of people, but apparently there was one time where he got caught texting from his from the Bring Rome Home account something that he was supposed to have on his other account, and it leaked a little bit. Every time that we get to talking about U of L coaches for men's basketball next season, I praise the Lord and smile a little bit because I know the devil ain't gonna get us. When the devil comes trying to get me, gonna praise the Lord. Damn right. 
<laughs> so, I mean, it's going to be in my head the entire night. I can't wait. Tell Mary. She'll sing it too. She, I mean, she, I'm sure she's, she listens to the show. Do the same commercials that we hear over the air, do they go over the stream? Because I know she's a streamer. Uh, They should, yeah. Okay. Should be the exact same. Yeah. I guarantee it's the same. So I guarantee she's very familiar. Texas, no Mike. I'm telling you he's an ordinary fan. I know that's what I'm saying. That's what I, I'm saying he's been tweeting that he's a local media guy. And I think he's trying to throw people off the set. But you're saying the same thing that I'm hearing from other people behind the scenes that seem to... Maybe he won one of the Adidas Box Awards recently. That's that's the word that's out there. Um, what is this? <laughs> Falcons plan to fire, uh, plan to hire Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris as their head coach. Per sources, sources are also saying that Vince Merrow is an early candidate to replace <laughs> Morris. Are you hearing the same, Mike? Yes, that's the word. That takes Bill out of the picture. I think is Bill done? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I did like last night. Did you see the thing where it was like, sorry, honey, I can't go to dinner tonight. Me and the, the boys are just naming random point guards in the group text. <laughs> yeah. Who's the most, when you think of that, who's, who comes to your mind immediately? Point, name a point guard, boom, go. Marshall Strickland. <laughs> That's a, yeah, I love it. That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, I could do this all night. I, I, only, I only say him because he did the thing when he was at Indiana. He was really frustrating. He would bring the ball across half court. And then as he was setting up the offense, he would step backwards to where his heel was right over the mm. midcourt line every single time. That's annoying. It was. He never did get an over and back, but he got damn close. Fury Collins. <laughs> Ed Coda. Steve Blake. Yogi Ferrell. Yogi Ferrell. We could just name point cards all night. Uh, it's a lame night in sports tonight. Let's yeah. be real. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a bad night. Like I said earlier, only one top twenty five team in men's college basketball taking the floor is number nine Arizona on the road taking on maybe I think probably the worst team in the Pac twelve in Oregon State. It's eleven o'clock. It's not even on TV, and Arizona's an eighteen and a half point favorite. Probably gonna be a love on the spectrum night. Gross. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. It's gonna be love on the spectrum night for you every night. You're, you're, not, <laughs> you're not watching these games, uh, but I do have a couple of picks to throw out there today. Let's hear him. You ready for this? I'm ready. At, what time is this game? 7 o'clock. The mighty former, I don't hold their their former employment of Mike Dean against them, but the mighty Seahawks of Wagner are going to host Mary Mack in a Northeast Conference battle. Mary Mack is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Wagner's going to cover that spread. They're going to cover that spread at home. If you want to take a money line, take a money line. I'm giving you the plus two-and-a-half. They're going to cover that. Uh, late night. I love my Dons. I have a friend who works in the San Francisco Athletic Department, hooks me up with some, some USF gear from time to time. So I'm a Dons supporter. San Francisco's on the road taking on Gonzaga. This is a down Gonzaga team. I'm looking a little bit at the, the San Francisco plus 9.5, but I'm not going to bet that. I will bet the over. 153.5 is too small for this game. Gonzaga doesn't have the same type of offense that they typically do, but I think USF is going to force them to play a little bit more up-tempo tonight. Also force them to score a lot because I do think it's going to be Close game, a little nip and tuck. I like the over in that game. And then I've got one more pick. We'll go to two, back to the Pac-12. Oregon tonight is hosting uh, Arizona State. Bobby Hurley's team, a little bit of Strug City. Oregon's a nine-point home favorite in Eugene. Not enough. The Ducks are going to cover the nine-point spread tonight. Those, those are the three picks. I'll add them to the, the post from yesterday on Twitter. We'll make it happen. Big X, big bets. Write that down. Love it. Love it. Make it happen. Scoots, big thanks for all your help this week. You've been great. Uh, we've enjoyed it. We'll have Rashawn Myers in studio tomorrow for the show. And a reminder, U of L women's basketball taking on Boston College about an hour from now on 970 WGTK. Get it done. Have a fantastic Thursday night. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 3. Go Cards. And
It's sweeter with time.